3: We are, yes, Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in. Robella's Tone to Shields. We are sports take. Tone, first of all, a little birdie, my sources, I can't reveal them, have told me this uh may be a big day for you and Mrs. Tone. Is that correct?
4: Yes, yes, yeah, yes, it is. Uh today is my third uh wedding anniversary. Uh, I've I've been married officially for three years. It's uh you're a veteran. T- uh, you think so? I mean, no. did you feel like a veteran
5: three years ago? <laughs> no, after? no,
4: no. Exactly, no. right? Exactly. No. It's it's funny. Last night, uh, I was reminded that I am not a veteran at all. I still... <laughs> you made I'm a rookie mistake? Working. Very much so. <laughs> Very much
3: so. <laughs> What happened? Um, What'd you
4: do? Uh, to keep it plain and to keep it PG. Um, we all have those moments where our wives tell us about ourselves. And... and- We
3: tend to disagree. You're not asking for that, but you get it anyway. Correct? Yes. Exactly. And
4: and likely nine times out of ten, we tend to disagree. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much what. Exactly. But I pushed back a little too hard. I got you. And again, made a rookie mistake. But nonetheless, all is well. All is renewed. I woke up this morning, and she said to me with a cook and a smile, "Happy anniversary, babe." (laughs) And I'm like, "I'm back." No, no so dog today, house. Okay, exactly. No, no doghouse. So today, yeah, it's going to be a good day for us. We're going to uh, go okay. out later on uh, to a nicer restaurant, get some dinner uh, here in Texas, uh, not too far away. And um, yeah, man, it's going to be a good time, man. We're you going know, to- it's nice,
3: and this yeah. is good work by you. Yes, you almost like almost. You're one off, but you can do a combo anniversary Valentine's Day move.
5: Yeah,
4: that's 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 one way of looking at it. Sometimes, sometimes. You Know she likes to double dip. Oh and, man, you know. ah,
5: okay. yeah,
4: but but it's okay though. What I do is I kind of sparse out, um, the, the itinerary so ah. it feels like just one long, just event, one long
3: carryover. I get it. exactly right. one okay. line
4: carryover, but but yeah, overall, man, um, I feel good this morning. Went out and got some sun, um, took I went for a little walk, um, took my vitamins, man. I feel great, man. How about you?
3: How are you feeling today, man? God. I, I'm not getting any sun, we're getting. Crushed with snow and rain in the Delta valley. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. Wow. I, I don't know. And, and for, for folks, and let me say hi to everybody in the stream. And then I want to get to this in a minute because this is something I want to talk about. Tyler, what's up? Flexing and stepping. What's up, Twiz? What's up? I am awake. What's up, James? What's up, Ian? What is up, William? What is up, Robert? What is up? Let's see. Who else <laughs> do we have here? We have our girl fitness rebel. What's up, rebel? What is up, uh, Solvane? What is up, Hollywood Hogan? What is up, Philio Seven? Uh, I don't want to miss anybody here. Uh, what's up, Fanny? What is up, Real RMP? What's up, Brandon? Uh, John, how you doing? Hope everybody's well. Uh, transistor Zen, hope you guys are good. If I missed anybody, my apologies, Boss. What's up? What's up? All right, so we, so again, for what's up, Mark? So if you you. Folks in the Philly area, or if you were following what the weather was supposed to be in the Philly area, talk to me here. I thought we were going to get a little bit of, like, sleet-ish kind of stuff. Like, I, I did radio last night. I was I got off at 10. I was driving home. It was raining. No big deal. It was not even, like, super hard. I thought we were going to get rain into sleet into some snow, but, like, a coating or an inch or two. We, we're getting, like, in some spots, like, four inches. Like, I got to go out and shovel when I'm done the show. Yeah, I was literally, about to ask you, is it sticking? It
4: is. Oh, it is. Because oh, my, it
3: is.
4: my first thought is always, okay, how, what's the temperature? I don't want that thing to turn into black ice, all oh, that kind that's of stuff. The worst, so, you know, man, yeah,
3: yeah. And do, question: Do you have like a driveway? Yeah, yeah, not a big one. Yeah, but yes, I do. It's skinny. Is it,
4: it, 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 is it
3: sloped? No. Okay, no, good, flat, good, because
4: yeah, good because uh, you don't you don't want that to happen here. No, no, down. I don't have that deal.
3: No, thank God. Wow, eight okay. inches in Lansdale, wow. Jason. Okay, that's okay, that's yeah. not far outside of Philadelphia, man.
4: I am that's- so far removed from the PA weather, you know, system. It's it's insane. But uh, wow. I want you guys to try to stay uh, stay safe, stay warm, um, do whatever you got to do, but uh, don't take any unnecessary risk, you guys.
3: Exactly. All right. So, John, the forecast was all over the place. Looks like about a half inch in Voorhees. Okay, so we got PA got a little bit more uh then john what, what what's up South jersey Dude, yeah we got a little bit more man um than that that got like five to six inches that is wow. where he's at yeah man time to bust out the uh the boots and get after it so i'll be doing yeah that, I um.
4: should probably check on my folks later on in the day see how they're uh handling everything I
3: always i, I would guys. always worry uh because my mom and dad were stubborn as hell <laughs>
4: <I> mean, stubborn <laughs> so. The passion you said that with just tells
3: me that it it oh, probably was worse than what you're saying. Dude, my <laughs> mom. Oh, forget it. Forget it. All right. So I would I, whenever we would get snow, my first thought would be like, all right, I got to dig myself out real quick and then get over to their house and shovel because if i don't they will those and you know i old people out there older people no offense older people out there shoveling is you know cannot be good it's it's, it's a it's a heart attack waiting to happen so yeah. i would try and hustle over there in time to get it done all the time man but sometimes i'd get there and my mom be like i'm done i'm like how many times do we have to talk about this you're too old get the the there shoveling not far uh 10, 12, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Oh, okay, around cool, there. Cool. But, see. but, but it's like, come on, man. And she'd be like, man, nah, nah. she's sitting there having her tea. I he already finished it all up. I'm like, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. She's a soldier. Oh, man. mama Ellis was a soldier. Oh, she didn't play. All right. So a um, couple things here. Listen to these numbers tone from the Super Bowl. And we, when we discussed it, we were talking about how we, we thought it was going to go through the roof. It was a, a game that went to overtime, you know, no big surprise there. It ended up being a really tight game. So they drew, CBS drew on all their platforms 123.4 million viewers, which is the most watched TV program in their history. 123.4 million. That's up 7% from the Eagles Super Bowl, which, if you remember, came down to the very last play of the game last year with the field goal. Now, the actual CBS broadcast did 120, which is Mm. 120, which is insanity. Um, but and that's again, it was 115 last year, 123.4. That's a seven percent increase, uh, from year to year. W- what an absolute monolith juggernaut machine the NFL is! I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. We talk about it all
4: the time how they, how they just have a stranglehold on the sports calendar. I mean, the NFL was a year round, 12 month, um, project. It's a 12 month party. I mean, you know, the preseason. Uh, the regular season, and then we have the playoffs, and then the Super Bowl, and uh, then after that, we had the combines, and then you know, we have free agency, and,
3: yeah. I, and we'll um, walk through the uh draft, the, 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 the timeline, and a little
4: OTA bit. Yeah. like we care, like football fans are almost demons, like we care about OTAs, you know what I mean? We, yes. we pay attention to every little detail about this sport, the trade deadline. I mean, there's no trade deadline like the NFL. There's no draft like the NFL. There's no offseason like the NFL. It's, it's 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 quite it's quite astonishing. The the NFL gets people glued to the TV just to hear people talk about the schedule release.
3: It's true. It's That's insane. true. It, it's schedule. Think about how lame, uh, like the hot stove has been for baseball this offseason. Like it's a it's been a yawn fest. Otani signed with the Dodgers. They signed Yamamoto, and then it was just kind of like, whatever. The NFL. Think about how nuts. The, the first couple days of free agency, the tampering mm-hmm. periods are when you can officially sign guys, and, and I'll, I'll give you the dates for all those in a minute. But think about how glued we are to every little thing. How we're oh my god, they, they, they're screwed. They don't have a defensive tackle yet. Meanwhile, we're like eight hours into free agency. That's how into it everybody is. It, it's yeah. it's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, it's it's funny how it's funny how much they put into it. You know, just as a, just as a company, right? They they put so much into it. And there were, it's, it's almost like they can't miss. You know what I mean? Um, we're yeah. that much, we're like, we're that invested in the product. And um, now they're obviously trying to expand, you know, to new countries. You know, the Brazil game, obviously, the Eagles are going to play that. And I think what in 2025 or is it 26? They're going to play in Spain. Is that what it That's is? That's right. That's right. Yep. So, yeah. well, we got Brazil
3: gonna... next year. We know that. And then 25, I think, is Spain.
4: Right. And we're obviously going to have, you know, the, uh, the, london games and the germany games right, those right. those aren't going anywhere but they're they're doing an amazing job with this product um i just wish you know players got a little bit better treatment after they retired but that's a different conversation
3: yeah but
4: other than that man um the nfl is a hell of a machine and they were all invested
3: no it's it's a it's really it's an incredible thing uh what they do and you know again they end up having a great game which certainly helps and I think keeps viewers around uh as yes. well Don't discount the Taylor Swift thing and I'll, I'll give you the, I'll, I'll give you the time that we the, that we saw her over a four hour game which is going to blow your mind too but that's there's a lot of things involved in this thing so yeah yeah, incredible all right so a couple things um Philadelphia centric wise sports uh, props to, to to both the sixers and the Flyers. Let's start with the sixers. The sixers went into Cleveland last night. Cleveland has been as hot as any team since the start of the new year. Okay, so they go in there last night without Embiid, without Harris, without Batum, without Melton, without Covington. So basically without four starters that you've had most of the year it just Tyrese, uh, you know, out there and they beat him 123, 121 and big game out of Buddy Heald. Uh, Very efficient game too, shooting from from the outside, both, you know, twos and threes. He played extremely well. Uh, Ubre played well. KJ Martin played well, like everybody, uh, Cam Payne played well, everybody stepped mm-hmm. up for them last night. That was a gutty, inspiring kind of regular season win. I know a lot of people kind of checked out after B got hurt, but I give them total props for that game last night.
4: Yeah. I'll be honest. I, you and I talked about this yesterday, and we had them losing that game. We had them maybe not even winning another game for the rest well, of the – Not me.
3: <laughs> me. I Guilty. <laughs> I said they wouldn't win another game in February, okay? So, well, well know, I definitely
4: free... said – I definitely said they weren't winning the Cleveland game. I definitely said that. Yeah. Me and, too. But so
3: feel free to um, give me all the, all the smoke there. I just, no, like, no,
4: you're fine, my friend. I, I'm right there with you. It it yeah. shocked me. I mean, and they beat them on the road. That was another thing as well. So Yeah. um. Gutsy performance, like you said. You had guys stepping up, uh, Mar- uh KJ Martin, um Paul Reed, um, but a 24. huge block
3: on on uh Donovan Mitchell at the end of the game, too.
4: Big yes, time. campaign. It's see here here's the here's the dope thing about it. The guys you traded for made immediate impacts in yes. this game. I mean, again, um campaign gave you 15 off the bench. Um uh Buddy Healed 24 points. Went 9 for 13, 5 for 8 from 3. He was he, he was on fire. Exactly. Kelly Oubre, 10 for 14. I mean, played 41 minutes. Maxi led the way. Um, he had 22 points, 9 assists. Um, had four turnovers. But again, I mean, he's he, he's out there trying to do a lot. And they're, and, and they're likely double-teaming him on a lot of possessions. So, yeah. look, Maxie, M- Maxie's a guy. He took 21 shots. He's going to continue to shoot. Listen, shooter's going to shoot scores gonna score at the end of the day. And I don't want Maxi to stop shooting or stop. No, stop He's gonna nights where you're not hitting um, your little bit exactly fine. Exactly. But again, man, it was just it was just one of those performances where you you were shocked. I mean even Mo came off the bench and gave you he
3: a gave strong you, 19 He gave minutes. You some things. I know. He did. Uh he did. That was that was good. You know, and he just you just love the effort because they're they're obviously undermanned. They're obviously playing against a better team. A team that's way mm-hmm. hotter. The Sixers have been you know other than the the win against Washington have been stone cold lately. So the thing, the other thing, it, it did for me at least was it—it's it, helping me envision what this could look like if Embiid can come back healthy. I mean, if you have mm. Embiid and they're trying to dump, run doubles at him or doubles at Maxi, and you're kicking it to Healed for a clean look, I mean, he's he's going to knock it down. And right. you add that, you add a little scoring punch from Campaign off of the bench, too. So I, you know, I could you can see what what Morrie did. Did they lose a little bit of toughness with you know Pat Bev and Marcus Mars? Eh, yeah. They did, I think, but you've, you've definitely added scoring punch to this thing if you can, again, if you get him beat back healthy.
4: Yeah. And also, look, here, here's the thing, too. If you know you can score, then you're not afraid of anybody, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so maybe, so like you said, sure they lost, maybe they maybe lost that edge, right? Um, but if you can score and you're confident in your ability to uh, put points up, I mean, no one strikes fearing you at the end of the day, you know? Right. Um, I think about the way they're built still. Uh, Kelly Oubre. I mean, he may not be known as a tough guy, but he doesn't back down. Um, you think about other guys on the roster, Paul Reed. I, I've never seen him back down from anybody. So it's just you know, again, you lost guys that, that people were starting to grow accustomed to, especially in Pat Bev. But I think ultimately, um, I think Campaign and Buddy Hill, um, they're providing some offense that Patrick Beverly just couldn't provide on a consistent basis. I agree with you,
3: and I, I right? I think that's a really good point. I mean, I, I think beyond you know, what you appreciate about guys like Ubre, right? Yeah. There's some limitations. He's not exactly going to be a guy who's dishing out a lot of assists. but on a night when you say to him, Hey dude, I need you to get some shots up and, and, and score here. Cause we just don't have a lot of options. He's not, you know, afraid of that task. So he'll, he'll jump in there, you know, and, and do his thing. So a credit to those guys. And again, I'm, and, and maybe I'm setting myself up for, you know, torture here. But I'm looking forward to what it could be if Embiid comes back. I know. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that sucker.
4: But guy. we should, though. We should. Yeah. I mean, Embiid, when he was healthy, was mm-hmm. playing the best basketball we've ever seen him play. He was the most dominant player in the NBA. Um, Tyrus Max, he's an all-star this year. You have a reason to be optimistic, Rob. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there is a, a curse circulating the Wells Fargo. That prevents Jolan B from making it through an entire NBA season. I know. I know. But I but I think I'm with you. I think I am beginning to envision uh, what the, what it could look like having a guy like Buddy Heal and Campaign, you know, coming off the bench, those guys that can stretch the floor for you, guys who are who are who are proven snipers, proven sharpshooters. Absolutely. Um I really loved what campaign brought to the Phoenix Suns when he was over there. And I felt like he was very efficient, very effective there. So um playing with Maxi, playing with um, you know, Jolene B and then Tobias Harris, you know, you know, when he gets back um it's going it's going to be a sixers team that you have to respect um so I, it, it it makes you think it makes you think if if Jordan B. does come back whatever he do, whatever he can provide you how how far can they go makes you that's think the it.
3: million dollar question and and i really hope tone again this is all like best case but if he can yeah. get back and get about 2 weeks of ramping up regular season games to roll into the playoffs then i think you can you can see a path I, they're going to be trouble because they're probably going to end up being like a seven seed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be trouble for somebody early, I, depending on what the matchup is. We'll see. I mean, I, look, there's a long way to go, and we it's all about Embiid. We know that. Yeah. Um, Flyers props to come uh, comeback win against the Coyotes last night. They're fourth straight. Yeah. Since they the, keep surprising
4: uh, me. I'll tell you that right now. They keep surprising same, me. And look, man. the Coyotes aren't world beaters. Don't get me wrong, but still, you know, four-game winning streak. You're coming off of beating the Kraken, Jets, Panthers, and they're facing some adversity along the way. If you really, if you really look at, like they beat the Panthers two to one, then Jets four one, Kraken three two, Coyotes five three. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scoring, yeah. And uh, they have the most gotta, shorthanded
3: goals in hockey.
4: Yeah, we talked about that yesterday, right? It's it's it, 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 it speaks to the way is coaching them, yeah. right? Telling them to be aggressive, don't back down. Regardless, even even if we're shorthanded, shorthanded, or if we're in a power play, I want you guys to approach every situation with the same energy, the same effort.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're good, they're good, and we're gonna talk to Anthony Sanfilippo coming up. Uh, yeah, I so. can't wait for that. So we'll do that. Uh, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey was on Shaq's podcast tone and said uh, decision will be coming down uh, the next couple of weeks. So that would align with what he's done in years past because the combine. Is February 27th through March 4th. So that's basically, we're at the 13th. It's two weeks. So it's two weeks from now, uh, the combine. Mm. And that's when he made the announcement last year. Um, I, I, if I'm being totally straight with you, man, I have no idea at this point what he's doing. I was actually about to ask, what's your gut telling you? I, I'm leaning more towards he comes back, but it's like, <laughs> it's a slight lean. It's not a hard lean. I'm not doing this. I'm doing
4: this. Uh, I think. Well, how about
3: he's you? Coming, I think he's coming back, man. It
4: just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. You know, I don't know, man. There's always a, a vibe. There's always an energy that you feel like, yeah, this is this is it. You always can feel it. Yeah. This doesn't feel like that. This feels like. This feels like one of those situations where he's sitting home. And he's like, I'm just. I'm having too much fun, man. Right. Like just just this vibe, this energy. I'm I'm still at the top of my game. I'm still relatively healthy. Um, I haven't had any catastrophic injuries. You know, I still have I still have my wits about me. Um, my wife is a die hard supporter. Um, the kids are doing great, the parents are doing great. Businesses is thriving. I can I can I can
3: rock out another season. Mm-hmm. I can roll with this. You know, what I mean? wonder too. Like, don't you wonder if watching Travis didn't ignite the flame a little bit more, you know. Just, just them win another one to, to just to try to take a shot one more time. I, well, I wonder if why not, that, man. Yeah, why, why not? Why not? I mean, I, I, I saw him in the, um you know, in
4: the box. And he was just like he had this level, of, like this level of focus, or just you know, this level of just intensity. Like, like he's sitting there contemplating it in real time, you know. Yeah um obviously again he was having a lot of fun off the field you know rolling with burt kreischer thompson grower hanging out with Shaq and oh, those guys yeah, he did, and, you know he, he's, he's having, having fun, time. man
5: yeah
4: he's, he's he's having a good time man you know yeah. partying with the ray mysterio mask but <laughs> i just don't think he's done man i really yeah. don't all
3: right all right well, well we'll see about that um phillies pitchers and catchers this is also one of the reasons we'll have anthony Filippo on so they report today uh tomorrow and and basically the 15th so today tomorrow and thursday are the days for you know the, the pitchers and catchers to get there. full squad will be a week from yesterday so that's have kind of where been, things are. cool question for you have you ever uh, been to their spring um spring, spring training, training yes yes it's a lot of fun man it's first of all clearwater florida is very cool it's about a 20 25 minute drive from tampa so you fly into tampa and then you make the trek over the bridge. Uh, it's a pretty easy ride. Um, mm. It's a beautiful beach town. Like your the the beach is is like white sand. Like mm. you can't believe it's the same ocean that we jump into in the on the Jersey Shore. Like it looks t- totally different. But, Jersey Shore uh, ocean looks gray. <clears throat> gray might be nice. That's a generous green brown. Um, so it, it's really nice. It's cool. And the thing about the, if you go into the game, just as a fan, first of all, there's tons yeah. of great restaurants and, and, and bars or whatever you're looking for there. Uh, but if you you go to a game, it's very intimate setting, very small ballpark. You, you have, you know, you're kind of right on top of the action. Uh, before the game, you can get autographs if you, if you line up along the third baseline generally. Uh, Gives you that college baseball vibe very much. And it's very like fan friendly, little kids, you know, loving it. It's cool. I, I would I would tell everybody if they can pull it off, uh, do it. It's it's just absolutely awesome. I'm going to have to do that, you know, before, you know, before I punch my ticket, you know, I'm going to have to do that
4: because I've always I mean, I've been to Florida before, but I've always wanted to, you know, go to the spring training games because I know they're very light, very fun. Um yeah. uh, Your access to uh, your access to the players is much easier than if you're at Citizens Bank. Obviously, oh, totally different. Yeah, I've always and still Sills
3: Sills is dead on with this. Phillies have the best spring training facility in Clearwater. Yankees is awesome too. Yankees are in Tampa. Mm. Phillies are in Clearwater, but there's a ton of them that are right near each other. Oh wow! Okay, so
4: so a bunch of the teams in in oh yeah, Um, okay, so that's like Mm. a thing.
3: Blue Jays, Tigers aren't far. Like they're all right there. So. You can do a bunch. Like you could hit on a Wednesday, the Phillies, on a Thursday, the Yankees, on a, on a Friday, the Blue Jays, whatever. And it's all within driving distance. So, from a business perspective, that area must love spring training season. They must <laughs> love it. They kill it. They kill it. They kill it. And there's a lot of Philly style restaurants there, too. Ah, uh, okay. like Lenny's. Yeah, Lenny's is a places. Philly yeah, style breakfast joint. Yeah, and Dan's right. Fort Myers has the Red Sox, too. Uh, and and it okay, used it to be the the Reds used to train in Sarasota, which isn't a bad ride either. I used to jump over to to Sarasota sometimes and go see the Reds. But anyway, I saw them when Griffey got traded to the Reds when Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. got traded to the Reds. Anyway, but there's all these like there's like a Delco Steaks, it's called, which is which is in uh, Dunedin, which is you get cheese steaks, you get hoagies. Like you'll be you'll hit your your glory. You're, you're you need you need your fix, man. So you oh. you need to make it happen.
5: Uh, uh, t-
4: Every, I try not to say cheesesteak too often in my home because my wife looks at me like, oh, my God, you're such a barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm I'm a I'm a basic Philly guy born and raised in the city. Give me a cheesesteak. Give me a bacon, egg and cheese, man. On a long roll. Like I am so simple when it comes to like my Philly cuisine. Like, yeah. Oh. Anyway, Not man, man. you got let's...
3: look, it's it's in your it's in our blood, man. It's in our DNA. I mean, it is yeah, what it yeah. is. So yeah, uh, I, you know, she, she was
4: born in Georgia, so maybe she doesn't, doesn't really... fully appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I get it, I get it, man. Um, but yeah, I I would tell everybody if they can pull it off head down there. It's a lot of fun. Dan's right okay. also. The Braves train um right outside of Disney in Kissimmee. Oh, that's uh, and it's that's dope, and it's ridiculous, man, because you have the whole, um, like, I think it's still there. The whole ESPN, you know, sports complexes and all that stuff is just fun to go to and check out, watch a game, you know, have a beer or whatever. But it's all good, man. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. When we come back, we're going to look at positions that could potentially change for the Eagles. And there's a decent amount. I mean, I I counted three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, potentially ten new positions starting, starting players. Going into the 2024 season. And that's not even to mention, and we'll tie this into Kelsey, the coaching changes. Mm. Okay. So we'll talk about that when we get back. A lot to do today, for sure. Kind of jumping around with all the sports, which I love. Uh, But we'll talk some birds when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes. I've been going there since I was a kid. Family owned since 1985. You got Alex who is the man who runs the show and his crew in there, putting out the most fresh, best food on a daily basis. Bravo pizza of Havertown offers 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza, however you want it. They'll make it. But if you're not up for pizza, uh, they have sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, cheesesteaks, hoagies tone. Yes, they have all those kinds of things. Bravo is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. The phone number, call them right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. A little more from Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
0: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street. And uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
3: All right. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. Everybody streaming, everybody listening, everybody in the chat. Uh, you guys are much appreciated. All right. So uh Tone, let's look at the birds here and, and the potential turnover. Let me throw, let me throw just positions at you, and then if tell me if I missed anything, and then we'll go through the player that was there and, and who could be there next year. Okay, makes mm.
9: sense.
3: Okay um, center like we talked about with Kelsey that's a possibility we know that I'll get to Cam Jurgens in a second right guard would change if Kelsey leaves Jurgens would be out as right guard mm-hmm. running back I think we're kind of both of the belief we'd like Swift back but it kind of feels like it's not happening
4: you yeah um yeah I don't think it's I don't think it's happening and and plus also him coming back I can't he can't be my only option
3: at the position um I yeah. need
4: to have a I need to have a combination of his ability and someone with power
3: yeah, that's, upgrade um, that. You know,
4: upgrade you know, back, that. Right? That's my perspective, though.
3: Yeah, and and Kellen Moore likes a bigger back too, with the smaller, not that DeAndre so small, but you know what I mean. Uh, all right, that's all I have on offense. I don't really see any other changes, at least for the starters on the offensive side of the ball. You're, right. you're, you're maybe that
4: number three, maybe that number three receiver position. We have no idea what that's going to look like. Yeah, as well. that'll
3: be that will be different. Yeah, if you consider that a starter, I think that there's a hundred. There's no chance that it's going to be Quez Watkins or Alameda Zacchaeus. I don't think there's any shot that that's the way that plays out. I I agree with that. All right, defense. If you considered Brandon Graham a starter at at left defensive end, then, yes, Brandon Graham won't be starting if he's here. Um, Right defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, potentially coming back, but potentially gone. Hassan Reddick, edge slash linebacker. Weak side linebacker, Zach Cunningham. Middle linebacker, Shaq Leonard. Left corner, James Bradbury. Strong safety, Kevin Byard. Uh, you could, if you wanted to, I think, I think black and chip returns is the free safety. The only other one I could maybe throw in there is nickel corner at, a, as with Avante Maddox. I don't know that he's a hundred percent to come back.
4: Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to John McMullen about this last night on football 24 seven. We try to do that show at least two to three times a week in the off season. We kind of, you know, transition to a breaking news perspective. Um, but yeah. nonetheless, um, we talked about Avante last night briefly. And uh to paraphrase, he doesn't think he's coming he 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 thinks he's a potential cut candidate.
3: I he's do too, actually. I agree with that.
4: Yeah, um Kevin Byers definitely a cut candidate. He think Avante Maddox is a potential cut candidate. Uh, when it comes to Hassan Reddick, him and I him and I both agree that the likely scenario will be um Hassan Reddick going out there, testing the market, not necessarily hearing or seeing um what he would like, and then he comes back to the table with the Eagles um they renegotiate they extend him um maybe bump up his salary uh, a couple million a few million and um you know drop a bag of money at his feet and all all is forgiven so um you know and then you know beyond that i mean on the de- again most of the changes are going to happen on the defensive side that linebacker position I do think they're likely to bring back Zach Cunningham. The way Harry Roseman spoke about him in that press conference. I agree. Makes me believe they're going to try to bring him back in some shape, way or form. And I, I wonder I if he's
3: penciled in as a starter. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a really good question. They're going to go with Nicobe Dean, whether we all like it or not um, as a starter, but
4: now here's the thing. Let me ask you this though, because Big yeah. Fangio was in the building. He's a guy that has pedigree demands respect. Um, and he's a guy that I feel like wouldn't come into a situation like this unless he has some kind of say so about what's going to happen. I agree. I would like to think because of how he approaches things, he's going to force Nickobe Dean to perform. And if he can't do the job,
3: he's not going to be on the field. Keep in mind, you know, uh, he inherited Nickobe Dean. You know, he right. wasn't on board when they drafted him. So I don't know that he has the same ties. He might be more apt to yeah. push back if he's not seeing what he wants. I actually like that
4: fact, the fact that he comes in, he didn't he didn't draft none of these guys, he inherited them. So therefore, he's going to look at these guys with a completely unbiased look. No lens. bias exactly. No right. favoritism, you know, no no prior relationships that I know of. Yep. Um he's going to come in and it's going to be very simple. Can you do the job or can't you? Mm-hmm. If you can't, all right, we're going to find someone who will.
5: Yeah.
3: But all right, so so again, we know Kelsey, we don't know. It's contingent. We'll know in a couple of weeks, but if he does right. move on, Juergens will go there, and then I'm guessing it's Tyler Steen, uh, but that's not 100%. Opetta is a free agent. Yeah. Uh, Driscoll's a free agent. Not saying he would get that gig, but I'm just saying those guys are free agents, so they may move on. So it may end up being Tyler Steen, whether they are 100% convinced he's ready to go or not. I mean, they exactly. did spend a second round pick on the guy.
4: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you're right. We have to consider the fact that Sewell Opetta and uh, Driscoll may not come back. You may, you, it may be teams are desperate for offensive line play. Quality yeah. offensive line, but in the Philadelphia Eagles are known around the NFL for developing offensive linemen. And, and, um, Jack Driscoll has put up a lot of tape you know, he's put up a lot of tape, uh, for people to look at. And he's 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 only, he's he's only, he's only 26 years old. Sue Opeta is 27 years old. Those guys are barely scratching their primes yet. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles have to be careful if those guys reach free, if those guys really hit the open market. Because another team may throw them a bag of money, and you may not be able to bring either of those guys back. It's it, yeah. it, it's it's an entirely um po- it's a possibility. I mean, uh, I think you know Isaac Samalo. He went to Pittsburgh, but he was a starter. And then I think Nate Herbig. I think he went to Pittsburgh as well, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys got nice money. I, yeah, a guy like Soa Peta could get a chance somewhere. I mean, it's yeah. it's not out of the question. You know, Dr- I I feel like Driscoll makes sense to be back because he won't. I don't think command a ton and he does have decent versatility. I'd like to mm-hmm. see him be back just as an insurance policy here. But right. hey man, somebody like, might like him more than the Eagles do. And if, if that's the case, he he probably would be gone too. So that yeah, could and, a lot. And they the
4: draft the steam. They definitely draft the steam to you know to be potentially a starter at some point. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Here's one thing that you know we're not really talking about that much. You know, we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles potentially going best available on draft night, potentially going corner or linebacker or even edge, right? In their history we've definitely seen them go line in the first round and they prioritize the trenches more than anything else um and lane's not getting any younger also so and, it's definitely Lane, not out of the question and lanes not getting any younger He he's battled injury throughout the years little tweaks here and there nothing major but yeah. you know remember uh i think it was the super bowl season he missed those final few games came back in the playoffs last year i think he missed one game something like that uh couldn't uh, uh, couldn't suit up so yeah. When you think about it from that perspective, it's entirely plausible that the Philadelphia Eagles may go O-line in that first round as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Eagles fans won't be happy, but that's if you follow the way they think, it's trenches, man. It's trenches. So it could very well happen. Uh, All right, so then the other thing is running back, we don't know. It could be a free agent. Uh, They could certainly draft somebody a little bit later, um, which is not out of the question. But I'm with you. I do truly believe – one of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell are gone. One of those two are gone. I think you'll have a, a primary. I think you'll have a bigger guy as a backup, sort of as a one-two punch guy. Mm-hmm. And then then it's probably Gainwell. But I, I think that's your three that you're looking at. But Swift is going to – I think it's sort of like what they're going to do with Hassan Reddick. It's, di- it's different in that Reddick still is under contract. But I think they like Swift enough where they're going to say, hey – you know, we get it. You want to test the waters. Go ahead. Get back to us. And let's see where we are here. And and Swift, I hate to say it for him, but it could be good for the Eagles because there's so many good running backs out there. He may not get anywhere near what he's hoping he's going to get. So he could That's be back. Point.
4: That's a good you know, point. Um, you know, he had his first 1,000-yard season um, behind that Eagles line. Pro Bowl. Made um, the
3: Pro Bowl. Made the Pro Bowl.
4: He made the Pro Bowl. He, uh, he had his first season where he was fully healthy. Um, Didn't miss any games. So, in his eyes, he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's trending in the right direction physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's um and he's pretty confident in his abilities. Again, made the pro bowl, so that automatically spiked the number right there, spiked the price, you know. Um, somebody's gonna give him at minimum five million a year. And I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles entirely uh see themselves doing that because yeah. they haven't shown a propensity to do so. I look at it like this, right? This is what I compare it to: um Miles Sanders. We know how much the Philadelphia Eagles value players they draft. They allowed, they let Miles Sanders walk at their career year, and obviously he went to went to Carolina and did what he did. Didn't do much, but the point is they let him walk and they drafted him. So, how do you think they feel about a guy they didn't draft?
3: I don't like if he. Let me put it this way: if he gets five million, like you just said, there's no prayer he's back here. Like there's no shot. He's back. If he tests the mark, it doesn't get what he likes. That, that's that's the that's the path to him coming back. It's the only path to him coming back. So yeah. that's it. Um, all right, now the, the de- there's a lot of potential turnover here on the defensive side. You know, Brandon Graham may be an eagle next year. He may not. But if he is, it's going to be an incredibly limited capacity. He's definitely not a, a starter in any way, shape, or form. If
4: you had to roll the dice, do you think he would be back here next year? If you had to bet on it.
3: You know what I think they may do. I'll, I'm not ducking the question because I'm going to answer. It. But I think My they coach. may try to try to offer him a Connor Barwin kind of situation where he's a he's a he's a part of this thing. He's in the coaching room and he's still an Eagle, like to that degree. But mm-hmm. I don't know how hell bent BG is on playing that fifteenth year because he brings it up all the time. So I'd say he's back. It's, a t- it's tough back. to use a roster spot, uh, but I think he's going to be back. I, I think he's yeah. so different sentimentally for them.
4: So Yeah, okay. So that's a, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think they bring him back simply because their emotions are too tied up into him? Yes, and that's not the way you should do business, but yes. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Uh, and I because love that Because they, hate- they need as many bodies as they can get on defense.
3: Yeah, I hate saying it, but um, uh, – All right, I want Fletcher back, but – I don't know, man. The vibe I get is he's gone. Uh, But, you know, a lot of this is going to be money. I can't see him walking away because he played so well last year. I just don't see it. I know there's some people think he's going to retire. I don't think that. I think he plays – he's either here or somewhere else. I don't think he walks. I mean, walks away and retires him.
4: Right. And, you know, remember, we thought he was going to walk last year. And then even the year before that because they kind of cut him and then re-signed him, right? It was – it was a weird situation over the past couple of years. There were a lot of weird stuff last year.
3: You know, Slay yeah. was weird. Bradbury was weird. Fletcher Cox was weird. It was all weird.
4: Yeah, Fletcher Cox is such an interesting case study because he's still playing at a high level relatively. Um, you don't want him, in my opinion, you don't want him playing 80% of the snaps.
3: It was way too I much think, last year.
4: Yeah, I th- I personally think he played too much last year. Uh, so is it? there's going to be a team that's willing to pay him. But at his age, will he command north of ten million from somewhere? That's it's probably plausible. where your cutoff it's, is. It's, yeah. yeah, it's probable, but I, I, I only I would love to have Fletcher come back. By, for one, but I think it has to be at a number that makes sense for both parties. Um, if, the, if if they can't agree to a number, then you know it's curtains.
3: Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, so again, that's another position that could be a turnover. Hassan Redick on the edge. Could be another guy who 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 is not back. Um, We talked about Cunningham and we talked about Leonard. Uh, Leonard's gone, but Cunningham very well could be back. How he singled him out in the press conference, as you said. Um, On top of that, Nicobe Dean's probably going to be plugged in there. All right, so that that's what that looks like. But it's it's sort of going to be two new, at least one new starter, because Nicobe Dean only played what five games, whatever it was, last year. Um, Now some big questions here. I think buyer's pretty easy. That's that's a no-brainer. But are they willing to to take the hit for Bradbury? That is a big, big, big question here.
4: I think they would be. Um, here is the thing: the Darius Slay Darius Slay's contract is quite literally immovable. Darius Slay is going to be here. He's here to stay. But when you look at James Bradbury's situation, let me make sure I got this number right. 16? James Brad. Yeah, let me look at his cap hit. His dead cap. Here it is. All right. So he 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 has a 4.9. I'm sorry, 4.8 million dollar cap hit and has a 17.2 million dollar dead cap hit. Are they willing to take that hit? I think I think they're gonna to talk to him. Yeah. Say listen, say, listen, obviously things didn't happen the way that we wanted it to we like you we're willing to we, we we need to restructure this thing but I think I think if the conversation goes Ari he's he then that's going to leave another body they got to replace in the cornerback room you know I think they're pretty high on Isaiah Rogers um you know that they had that they had a uh, pretty much sitting on ice remember he got caught up with the, with the gambling stuff right oh so that, yeah think, you
3: always had to take that into account yep
4: right right, right. so I, so I I think I think Isaiah Rogers is likely to replace Avante Maddox and then um, I'll put you this way: If they cut Bradbury, I think we know what they're going to do in the first round. That's how I You think it's it.
3: corner. Even if they trade uh, Hassan, mm-hmm.
4: see, I, see, I guess I'm operating off the assumption they don't trade Hassan. So if they I, I think if they Hassan, don't trade
3: Hassan, I I think you're right. I, I I believe corner is where they're going. I for sure. I mean, some of this though is is you know uh, uh, that you can have a plan right and it, you know it because someone starts falling or some other team shows a, a desperate interest to drop back you know and everything changes but i i would agree with you i think this is very much a, a draft that you go in pretty open minded like mm. you you could justify corner you could justify edge you could justify offensive lineman, uh potentially there, there's a lot of positions you could justify. If if they were anybody but the Eagles, you could justify linebacker. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that they could go. But if I if you look at it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on defense, eight, nine, ten. If you add up the offense, that's a lot of turnover. That's almost half of your start. You you start twenty two guys.
4: It makes you it makes you question. How soon they can get back to um, relevancy with so much coaching turnover, so much roster turnover, especially on defense. You have to take you, it has to be considered that this team um, is going to struggle coming out the gate. So it, what it, all right, so that it has that's to be a, considered.
3: I think this is an interesting question. Then uh, off of that, just sitting here right now, and I understand we don't know. There's so much we don't know about the, where they're going to go here. Mm-hmm. You think they're a playoff team next year?
4: Okay. The only way I can make sense of this is if we look at every team in the conference and try to see okay who are the, who who are they better than basically
3: okay. Let's do it. All
4: um right. okay, let's start from the bottom. The Panthers. They're better than them. Um obviously they lost to the Cardinals, but I think I think overall they're a better team than the Cardinals. Um they're better than the Commanders, better than the Giants, better than the Falcons, better than the Bears, better than the Vikings, better than the Saints. They lost to the Seahawks, but I still believe they're ultimately better than them. I do. Too. So that puts them at the 8 spot, right?
5: Yep.
4: Um now, this is where things get interesting.
5: You got to get up Packers, the
4: Buccaneers, yeah. Rams. Do we think they're better than the Packers right now? No. I can't I can't say that definitively. Um do I think they're better than the Buccaneers right now?
3: I know the Bucks the Bucks beat them.
4: I, I know they beat them, but I'm not I can't, buying into
3: the Bucks. I don't personally.
4: buy them as 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 a legitimate issue. Yeah. Um. So, just staying there, I mean, that puts them in the playoff hunt or a wild card team.
3: Yeah, right. I and think it. Oh, and you could go the other way with it, right? So, okay, who who's ahead of them? Niners,
4: Niners, Cowboys, Lions.
3: Cow- yeah, then, Cowboys, Lions. Okay, those three. But in Dallas, then you ask,
4: Packers are ahead of them. We said so there's Packers, four teams okay. ahead. So there's four teams ahead of them. That puts them in a the five spot. Someone so that has they, to
3: win the South.
4: So, the, right. So that begs the question. That begs the question. Do we believe they're better than the Rams?
3: Rams are, are an interesting one, and Seahawks.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Listen, I think the Rams, you.
2: it's a
3: toss up. I'm going to give a slight lean to the Eagles over the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks beat them.
4: Yeah. And look, the Eagles only won one more game than the Rams last year. Yeah, I know. I
3: know. I, I so think they're, do- act, you, they're I think they're right. It's right on the borderline. Mm-hmm. I think they're right on the borderline. You know, a lot can change. Um, you know, for I, think sure. flirting, I, I think they're flirting.
4: I think they're flirting between. I think they're a wild card team.
3: And this Let's put it question. that way. Yeah, that's, from- that's
4: that's that's basically what we're saying. We think that we we think they're a wild card team.
3: Yeah, and Coach Marcus, how many of those teams uh, that are you know quote unquote better uh, than the Eagles have had coaching turnover as well? All right, so
4: um, the Rams are pretty much intact.
5: lost
4: Rams- I know they lost, Rah- lost Raheem Morris, but they're still pretty much intact. Um. <clears throat>
3: The Seattle
4: Packers. had a coaching turnover, uh, coaching change, right? Um, Seattle had Seattle had a major coaching turnover Pete Carroll's gone. uh, the Packers, the Packers still have LaFleur. They, they, went they, have a, a new DC, but they still do see it. That's about it. Um, but bringing in the new DC may change some other positions on that on that staff as well on defense. Yep. Um, but they still got Matt LaFleur and, and Jordan love who's rising fast. Yep. Um, Mm, not not the,
3: really uh, the other uh, teams that they're sort of dancing around with have have. have there's not a ton of coaching change like the Cowboys still are still with McCarthy but right they, they lost him Quinn. In there yeah they right. lost Dan Quinn that's a big deal
4: uh, who, that is a big deal defensive we, we, coordinator we, mm-hmm. um like um, the Lions they're intact yep, he's yeah Lions
3: for it's crazy Lions didn't lose their OC yeah um uh-huh.
4: Yeah. Um, no, anyway,
3: that, but that's it. There's the, the Eagles. That's the other part. And you, brought I think at best, up.
4: right now, right today, right now, at best, they're a wild card team. At
3: best. So you you mentioned this in our show meeting, and I think it's interesting to explore how important. You, and this is, you know, you, your thought was, and tell me if this I'm expressing this right. How important is it if Kelsey comes back because you have these new co- these new coordinators to keep some kind of cohesion and that kind of mm. stuff. But expand it's, on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm, um, you know, what I was saying. Um, I think it's so important for Kelsey to come back um, for many reasons. But one of the reasons that we're talking about now is the fact that you have so much coaching turnover, especially with Kellen Moore coming in. You got a new quarterback coach. Obviously, Jeff Stoutland is still in the building, so you're not going to have too many changes there. But again, Kellen Moore is bringing his offense, his style. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles, um, as a team, struggled against the blitz last year, most notably the quarterback. Um, I think it's gonna be so integral to Jalen Hurts's um continued development to have a guy like Jason Kelsey in the building, at least for one more season while he goes through this transition period with Kellen Moore. Um, at the end of the day, you want your quarterback to be as comfortable as possible in you know in the current situation. Um, the head coach is looking like a lame duck coach right now with no power. You have a new OC in the building. He lost Brian Johnson and um if Jason Kelsey leaves, that'd be a new center for Cam Jurgens. Or do you guys really feel completely comfortable with Cam Jurgens taking over in this sort of environment with the, with the, with the head coaching turn with the head coach situation, with the OC turnover and all that kind of stuff. Um, are you guys that confident in Cam is really being able to um, stabilize that line right now? Because in my opinion, outside of the quarterback, the center is the second most important position on the offense. I think Jason Kelsey's expertise can really um, soften the landing. Um, for all this coaching turnover that Jalen Hurts is going to experience.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, you know, i I'm I'm I feel a little bit better in that Jason Kelsey was the one who really went to bat for him and, and said, This guy reminds me of me. I love that. Mm. Um so that's important. You still have Stoutland there, that's important as far as continuity goes. And if you could protect Jalen, you know, and let's face it, we haven't even talked about Jalen Hurts yet. Um, and we'll, we're going to get into this, you know, easy fix versus challenging fix in, in a minute here. Um, and, we'll, and we'll do Jalen a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, look, if, if Jalen and and Cam are going to have to get accustomed to one another too, mm-hmm. like he was with Kelsey. I mean, I know he always look. Jalen is not a guy who who throws praise around a ton, but Kelsey's one he all, he will talk about openly, you know? without so without hesitation. That's a big one. You know how much how quickly can those two get that chemistry together? It's a big big piece of this
4: yeah you know cam um he's going to be the starting center at some point that's you know that's a guarantee yeah um but again i just think kelsey right now because he's playing at such a high level first team all pro still um no major health issues that we know of with this coaching turnover you need that experience in the building you're going to need it Mm -hmm. um again to stabilize everything um it'll make kellen moore's job easier you have you have a center who's seen everything you know kellen moore um see i look i look at it as one less guy Kellen Moore has to teach that's how i look at it
3: yeah it's a good point it's a good point um but uh, i think that's going to be a piece of this thing and it, you know I, i'm just trying to think of like if, the, if there's any other starting potential moves made i agree with you slay's contract is so prohibitive and he was okay last year um so he's going to be back i think blankenship will be a starter i don't think they want to clean out both guys there um mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a good point, right? Because here's
4: the thing: as much as we know that the Philadelphia Eagles need to make a lot of changes, when you're going into an off season like this, you're trying to limit the damage and also make repairs as well. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to start cleaning house to the point where it's like, okay, now we have no furniture. You know what I mean? You want to you You want to leave some items. You know, you move to a new house, you don't take everything, but you take. But, but you take the essentials, or you take the things that you feel like mm, I can still get some use out of this. This can probably um, hold me over until maybe I'm ready to buy this new couch or whatever. So again, when it comes to the Eagles roster, maybe they don't completely gut the entire defense. Maybe they keep certain guys, like you said, Reed Blankenship. Okay, let's keep him there. Um, keep Slay, obviously. Um, uh, we want to obviously keep Hassan Reddick. Okay, maybe Zach Cunningham isn't the isn't the prime guy we want there, but Having a guy who's played the position, um, who's been with the defense for a full year, maybe you know we bring in another body to help compete. You know, you want to just try to limit the di- limit the damage and still try to improve the roster at the same time. You don't want to just you don't want to create more work for yourself than necessary is what I'm trying to say.
3: I'll tell you a good example of this, and yeah, and you can you can apply this to almost anything. But the way the Chiefs remade their defense on the fly. Yeah. It helps because you have Mahomes who can prop you up offensively, right? No uh-huh. doubt. But man, they did a really good job drafting the McDuffies of the world, the Carloftis of the world, the um, Sneed's—you know—all of these guys that they, they just sort of remade everything that they were doing, um, along with a couple of veterans who were studs like Chris Jones. But that's uh, that's a blueprint of how you can do this. Um, but you got to get really good offensive play to keep you in, even when. You know, you do take like this year. You're set up pretty decently. You have a good amount of picks. You know, th- that's the thing, Tone. They can use some of those later picks to get up a little bit higher, either in the first round or you know into the second round with guys like you. Got to hit these, but you it can't look like Jalen Carter, yes, but a bunch of guys you don't know about. We don't know mm. about N'Kobe Dean and and Nolan Smith and Jordan Davis and whatever. Like they have to come in right away and play. You're going to be a lot younger on that side of the ball. You star.
4: Yeah, um, I think at least because I think they have nine draft picks. Yeah, there's going to be at least two of those guys, two or three of those guys that they're expecting to play right away. Yikes! And that's why they have and that's why nailing this draft is going to be crucial. And again, we have no idea what the moves they're going to make in free agency. Maybe they make something to supplement the roster. But overall, I think you're expecting at minimum two to three of those rookies to come in and make an immediate impact. Especially yeah. if you draft, especially if you move on from Bradbury and draft the corner. You definitely you're asking him to come in and be a starter right away.
3: Well, that's why also like uh, you're right. You can never discount them taking an offensive lineman. But man, especially if Kelsey comes back, you're not in a position to really start doing the depth thing. Like you have to draft for for people who can step in there right now. Mm-hmm. Um because you know so, what it goes yeah.
4: back to, right? It always goes back to that Jalen Hurts window and that contract. Yep, you want yep. you want to maximize why these cap hits are what they are.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's come back and and let's go through. And the Eagles hold the 22nd overall pick right now. By the way, mm-hmm. um, easy fixes versus challenging fixes for this team, and, and and what exactly we're looking at as we go into all of these periods. And, and during the NFL segment, we're, we'll go through all the important dates um, that that you you're going to want to know about. So we'll get into all those kind of things uh, when we come back. Uh, that is Stone. I am Rob. We're Sports Take. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is so critical, right? And you don't want to waste any more time if you are not getting the, the, the proper kind of uh, assistance, the proper kind of guidance uh, that you need. I can tell you from personal experience that somebody that I trust is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube, Network Tone, and Rob hanging with you on this Tuesday. Uh, I'm trying to see if the snow has stopped here. It looks like it has. All right. So I got my work cut out for me as soon as this thing's over. Would uh, you I, miss I, the days when your son was home and you say, go out there and shovel that? Oh, dude. <laughs> I miss the days when I would just get a sled or something and just go have fun with this crap instead of digging myself out. <laughs> yeah, but those days are long gone, my friend. Uh, all right. So uh, let, let's look at easy fix versus challenging fix. Now, I'm going to start with the easier one. And, I, and some people may say you're nuts. This is this might be the most complex one. Hear me out. Jalen Hurts. Two years hmm. ago, last 2022, the guy is a runner-up MVP. Put together the kind of year that got him a $250 million contract that made a lot of people, a lot of doubters, kind of say, all right, my bad. You know, I missed the boat on this kid, blah, blah, blah. It's there. I'm a big believer in if you've shown it, you can do it. I can get you back there if I've seen that you can do it, if you have the potential. And I think it's big in your own head if you do something that you know I can go there. I've been there. So I think Kellen Moore has got to come in and work on some things with him, and they got to straighten him out in the pocket. Um, and hopefully that knee is good to go, and he's physically back that's the hard thing for me to project i don't know he did look slower last year but i know that it's there with him you just have to get it back to for whatever whatever happened last year happened move on and and work on getting him back to the 2022 version of himself
4: yeah i couldn't agree more uh first and foremost um get that footwork right you know you know get you know get that uh get that confidence back because again uh 20 turnovers or 19 to be exact um is unacceptable you no, know, you can't do that. It's just, you know you, you can't win football games that way. Or at least it makes it much harder to win football games. You know, we see we see some quarter, we see we see some quarterbacks who turn the ball over a lot and they're capable of still winning the games, a la Josh Allen, but it it, it still comes with its own set of risk and you still don't want that happening regardless. So you don't want you don't want to get too comfortable turning the ball over, you know, to that you know, to that degree. Um, I'm with you again. I believe Jalen Hurts um is very capable of cleaning up his deficiencies. Um, I want Jalen Hurts to get back to playing Jalen Hurts' style of football. Um, Whatever Kellen Moore provides, you know, it all remains to be seen. Um, I'm not going to say anything negative about the Kellen Moore hire. I'm not going to say anything overtly positive about it as well. We need to see what Kellen Moore provides and how he can marry that with Jalen Hurts' skill set because Jalen Hurts was at his best in 2022. And last year, although he threw the ball more, and had less rushing, had less rushing yards and attempts, and um, he was still relatively accurate to, to the same degree. Had more turnovers because they relied more so on his pocket presence rather than you know the RPOs. So I think they need to really um, find they, they need to find a way to get him back to playing his style of football while also still um, improving his pocket awareness and um, his ability to see the full field, um, not just um, the field in sections. He needs to be able to get. He needs to be able to. He needs to be able to get through all those progressions. Um, but again, I want Jalen Hurts to play his brand of football, that dual threat style that makes him lethal, makes him a, a legitimate threat. Did you know in that playoff game he only ran the ball one time against the Buccaneers?
3: Yeah, I. This is what I. This is the other thing that's such a mystery to me, Tone. I can't, what I can't figure out is the be, from the beginning of the season he looked hesitant. From the he beginning, looked, game one. From game yeah, one. And I don't know that it was it, it was him saying, man, I just got paid two hundred fifty million dollars and I, I want to be able to have a long career or the Eagles beat it into his head like, dude, we need you to be careful out there. We can't lose you. Like, be, Let's be smart about this or or the knee started bothering him as the season went on and he physically just couldn't do it. But I would rather like no, no risk it, no biscuit, man. I would rather get back to him. Doing what he does best as a dual threat quarterback than this this sort of hesitant thing that they did with him last year. I think it's a mistake. Let me ask you this real quick.
4: Would you if you were able to get a Super Bowl out of Jalen Hurts' career and he only was able to really give you eight or nine years of real high quality quarterback play, would you take that rather Maybe. than rather than 15
3: years yep. of okay quarterback play? You can cut that to five years, Tone. I would. I mean, I, I'm. I, yes, I would. I would. Okay. I, if I, get, I can get one out of them and, and get five quality years. Okay, that's fine. And I'm
4: totally on that, right? If if we have okay, the, let's just say the length of the contract, right? Yeah. I think there's about four or five years on it. Yep. Um, if Jalen Hurts manages manages to deliver a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles, and can never play to that level again or whatever, maybe because of injury or whatever it is, yeah. I think I, I think his time in Philadelphia is a win.
3: I agree with you. I, I agree with you uh, totally. Look, this is the ultimate – I hate to go so cliche on you, but it is a not-for-long league. Things change. Like, the, the stuff we saw with Brady and all that and probably what we're going to see with Mahomes just is is rare. There's yeah. a lot of turnover in this league, and, and there's a lot of guys that move on quickly. It's so hard to win it. If you can get one and you have major roster turnover by 20, 29, and he's part of that at 30, whatever, okay. I, I, I would rather – it's so think about it, man. They've won one Super Bowl in 58 years. You tell me I can get one in the next five, and then after that, I don't know what he's gonna look like physically. Easy for me to say it's gonna be his yeah. body, but I'm good with it.
4: Yeah, I'm totally good with it too. Look, and that's the that's you know, that's the cross you bear. You know, you, you put your NFL player. Um, you you decided uh, you decided early on that you're willing to sacrifice your body for glory. You decided pretty early. So again, if I can get one super bowl out of Jalen Hurts' career, and it, on, and it only lasts seven, eight years, you know, in Philly or whatever it may be, I'm I'm, take, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that sacrifice. That's the sacrificial lamb, in
3: my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and that's where, to me, let's get him back to what you did in 2022 when you had such great success with him. Right. Let's get him in his comfort zone with the RPOs. Let's get the defense being back on its heels, not having any idea what's coming at them, as opposed to, yeah, we kind of know he's not going to run, so we don't really have to worry about that part of it. Let me ask you this.
4: Why do you think the organization – because it's clear that they advised him to think twice about running last year. It's clear, in my humble opinion. Why do you think they're so hung up on making this guy last 15 years or 20 – like, why do you think they're so hung up on that? If you get something out of it, if you get the – if you if you have this guy under contract – it's a contract for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you have him for five years and he gets your Super Bowl and he's never that same player again, all right, just – Just re up, start a new, you know, you know, start, start the, start the quarterback search over, over again. I mean, it's, it's. I I don't understand why they're so hell bent on trying to, um, protect him. Let him play his
3: style of football. At the end of the day, I would say, like the obvious answer is, they just gave him two hundred and fifty, right? And they don't want. They want a return on their investment. A Super Bowl um, is the return. No, I agree. You're saying in the scenario where he wins one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the other part is too, like they're just coming off the whole Wentz thing, which maybe affects a little bit of the way that they're thinking, and they you know, he just got his deal and then all of a sudden they had to eat it. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know that shouldn't probably affect you, but maybe it does. I just think they also felt like his style of play is risky. And it's so like, why pay
4: him, right? Then why are you point. paying him? See your you, point, you, why yeah, pay him?
3: you're paying him to be who he is. Right, but now you're trying to
4: change him to an extent. Right? It's it's right. it's very it's very strange to me how they handled this.
5: Yeah, you I don't paid I paid him get it you,
4: either. you paid him based off of what he showed you in 2020, 2022, but you're trying to change him to an extent in 2023 and it, do you do you have buyer's remorse? Well, what, what what is that? You know I, what I I'm mean,
3: saying? Isn't it, it but isn't this so critical? that they all have like a come to Jesus this off season, like they where to. They, there's no way they can right where they look at it, Where Howie and Jeffrey and, and, and Nick and look at it and say, you know what, man, I know what our thought process was here with Jalen, but we have to get back to letting him be him. And if we, and that's part, obviously Kellen Moore's in on that conversation, but you gotta, you have to, you have got to, we talk about it all the time. You play two pro players' strengths. You don't drop Passan Reddick into coverage. Let him go after the quarterback. The guys are the guys an edge rushing machine. Get Jalen Hurts back doing what he does, man. Let these guys be them. So I'm hoping that that's the case. So that's the reason I bring up Jalen, and I also look at Jalen. I mean, let's face it. He's surrounded by a, a, a core that that should allow him to have success. He still has a very good offensive line, and he has two stud receivers quarterbacks would kill for uh, and i think whoever gets behind this old line will rush for a thousand yards i believe that so that's all a good foundation and a good base
4: and and look those guys are all coming up on their paydays i mean it's going to be harder and harder to keep this core together on offense the aj brown davante smith marriage is only temporary it's not going to be able they're not going to be able to sustain it you know for the you know for the extent of five plus seasons they're just not so they have to maximize this timeline it's so imperative it's not just about jalen hurts it's about the contract it's about having aj brown and Devontae smith in the same building while you can because there's going to come a point in time where jalen hurts is not going to have both those guys he may have one of them and he may have Mm -hmm. a solid tight end and he's going to have to elevate everybody else around him he's going to have to elevate his game enough where he can make other people um he's going to have jalen hurts is going to have to position himself to be a quarterback where he can elevate c plus guys into maybe b minus b level guys right right and it's not easy to do but when you're paying that kind of money, that's what they're paying for. And um, you know, again, it's just as simple as Jalen Hurts getting back to playing his style of football, and the Philadelphia Eagles maximizing this timeline. That's what it's all about. Every decision I make if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles involves the timeline and and, and the length of, and, and the length of this contract. Anything else beyond that, I'll deal with it when it comes.
3: All right, Leo, let's go with the hard part, uh, the challenging part, if you will. Defensive line fell off, even though there's talent there last year. Mm-hmm. You don't that just have sounds talent. crazy,
4: doesn't it? That just sounds insane.
3: Yeah, it he fell it, off it, with
4: his talent there.
3: It's scary because you don't have enough talent at linebacker, safety, or corner.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
3: uh, you know, especially in in light of what could be happening with Reddick, I, I got to tell you, Tony, I, I just i I have a hard time making a case for the defense in any way. I just do. I don't. I mean I think I think Jalen Carter is going to be awesome next year, but. um all right, name one player you feel uber confident about next year on defense. On defense?
4: Well, you already said Jalen Carter, so that's yeah. that. Milton Williams. I'm pretty I, I, confident. I like
3: Milton, but I – I
4: like, I like Milton. I mean, I don't think I don't he's a superstar. Him, yeah. I don't think he's a superstar, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to, you know, continue to provide what he provides. Um, oh. Jordan Davis has given me too many different, too many different um, things to look at. I mean, out of a third, four game sample size, he's really only give you eight games of really solid play.
3: Oh, we got a little breaking news here. Really, Son Reddick just tweeted out, "Never ask for a trade." However, I do understand it's a business. Preparing for whatever's next. Uh, Jordan Schultz, um, uh, I want to make sure I'm giving him the proper attribution of uh, Bleacher Report. Okay. Uh, NFL Insider uh, said, just tweeted out, just spoke to all pro pass rusher Hassan Reddick, who tells me he never requested a trade and wants to stay in Philadelphia. Quote, uh, I would like to get an extension done here at home. At no point did I ever tell the organization I wanted to be traded. This is home for me. I was born and raised. Two of the most fun years in playing football in my life came here. I cherish being an Eagle. Okay. <laughs> This changes things the, a little bit the, here. This has got really
4: interesting. Damn. Because here's the thing, right? Maybe you didn't formally. Maybe he didn't formally request a trade, right? Maybe he didn't formally do that. But is it reasonable to say the Eagles and his representation spoke about, well, look, we know what you're asking for. We know what you want. We don't know if we can meet meet those demands. Correct you find someone who can maybe yeah. he didn't request it but maybe they
3: motivated him to find someone who can yeah does that make sense i mean yes here, here here's where the the story holds up the the asking for a trade kind of or, or no no sorry let me let me make sure i'm phrasing this properly here's where giving given giving uh hassan reddick and his camp permission to seek a trade still kind of holds up and it's what you just said okay let's say his agent Excuse me, and Howie had a conversation. And they're far apart. Right. To the point where Howie says, Look, we get it if you guys want to seek out in the open market the kind of deal that you're looking for. Okay. You have permission to do that because it it is it is um uh it would be considered um what's the word I'm looking for here? Um tampering, tampering. So mm. if he's allowed to look without you can request it like in other words how we could initiate that conversation and say right. look we're giving you guys permission we get it right. I guess that sort of what goes along right. the line of what right. right permission doesn't imp- it.
4: right permission it doesn't, doesn't imply auto-
3: like he's saying i want out of here
4: Exactly exactly right permission do- permission given doesn't automatically imply that you want it Yeah it's just saying that's that window is open for you if that's the
3: route you take. And here's the here's the, here's why Hassan getting this out there is also really smart by him. Okay, break it because down. Because now you're putting the ball back in the Eagles court. In other words, he's playing on the fans' loyalty to him, and the fan base really likes Hassan Reddick. He's a Philly Ex- kid by the Exactly, line. and also he's going to
4: trade for a guy that doesn't want to be there.
3: Like, who's going to trade for a guy that doesn't want to leave? Well, but he's also oh. saying, like, hey, I, I want to be here, man. I, I I grew up in camp. I grew up right over the bridge. Yeah. I had my like, two most fun years here. I don't yeah, know. Anyone. That's, that's on them. I want I want to be cooking. here.
4: You're cooking. You're right. He's putting he he he's he instantly put the onus back on the Eagles to get the deal done. Yeah. Instantly. He 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 he's 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 um he's playing the PR game and this is how it goes this is how this is how it works, you know what I mean? No, like what we're what we're seeing here is nothing new under the sun, right? You this know, stuff it's not happens all the time. Yeah, it's, yep. no, it's nothing for anyone to jump out the window about, but this is just how the negotiations work. You want to yeah. you, you you want to play the PR game, you want to use the you know what you want to use the fan base, um, you know, against the team because you know, people don't I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anybody that wants them going. Let me make that clear. I haven't heard anybody that wants them going. I don't want them going. Um
3: I certainly don't want them going. I don't yeah, like I know, I don't like I, the I, notion of yeah. this at all.
4: Yeah, I know. I've I know I've broached the idea of trading him because I'm thinking about the bigger picture here. Yeah, but do I want him going? No, I like what he provides. He's a hell of a pass rusher, one of the best in the NFL. So, um, I think he's. Pl- I think he, what he's doing is extremely smart. Um, now the onus is back on the Philadelphia Eagles to try to get something done. But again, there's still the bird is still out there that the fact that they gave him permission for you know to seek a trade. Oh, for sure.
3: I mean, the look, bird is still out there. Here, all right. Let's let's go on record right now, February thirteenth at twelve eighteen Eastern. Mm-hmm. I think he's back on a restructured deal. I think they're, they'll, excuse me, I think they'll they'll lower his cap hit this year. He'll get money up front mm-hmm. that'll that'll compensate for whatever the base is that's lower, and they'll they'll tack on a year. So I think he'll get this year. Next year, which gets him into what his 30 31 season, whatever, okay. and then probably both sides, you know, part ways, unless he goes crazy the next two years, which he might. I mean, he, he could go right. off and get 15 sacks, and then all of a sudden, you got to rethink everything. But right. I, I'm not saying this totally sways everything, but I think it, it, it's an interesting counter move by Reddick's camp and him right. h- himself as well.
4: Smart, right? Because, right? Because, again, him and his reputation representation spoke about this they've had since what the news broke on Sunday. So today's Tuesday. Um, right. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes the NFL feels like it's moving in dog years. One day feels like a week sometimes. Um, but, uh, all this news dropped on Sunday. Today's now Tuesday. He finally spoke out and said something. Okay. So, so we're moving. Something is moving. Um, believe it or not. Um, and like you said, let's go on record here. Um, Tuesday, February 13th, um, 1120, my time, uh, I think Hassan Redick is back on a restructured deal. I think they, I think, I think they restructure and then extend, drop some guaranteed money at his feet, and then, and, and then we have Hassan Redick at least for the next two to three years, at the most.
3: Yeah. At let, the most. Let, let, let's read the quote again. Uh, again, uh, attribution to uh, Jordan Schultz here, and you can follow him at at Schultz underscore report. Um, just spoke to Eagles all pro rusher Hassan Redick. Tells me he never requested a trade once to stay in Philly. Quote, I would like to get an extension done here. He's also saying, hey, this is what I want. I'm not happy with my salary, but I want to stay here with an extension. I'm, I'm reading into everything I'm, I'm reading. But I would like to get an extension done here at home. At no point did I ever tell the organization I wanted to be traded. This is home for me. I was born and raised here. Two of the most fun years playing football in my life came here. I cherish being an Eagle. Okay, so it, you know he's hitting a couple notes. He He's playing on the heartstrings of the fans a little bit the, with the whole I love Philadelphia thing. He's also putting it out there that this, what what I'm making now is not satisfactory. Okay. So I want an extension done and he's also giving you the, Hey, but whatever happens, I understand this is a business and you know, we, we may have to, or they may have to do what they have to do. So he's covering kind of every base, in my opinion, heartstrings, practical businessman, and and kind of giving you the back end of that thing of, of where it could go.
5: Yeah,
4: and I'm not mad at him for wanting to get in front of this thing. Ultimately, you want to be able to speak for yourself at some point. And I think it's actually a in... really
3: upfront way to do it. What he's doing right now.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's toxic. I don't think it's problematic. I think he's just saying, "Look, I don't want to leave here. Right? I'm a homegrown kid. I went to Temple. You know what I mean? This is this, this. I would love for things to, you know, end here. Um, but at the same time, I I understand everybody has. Their needs, right? He knows. He knows the situation with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? He knows he has the highest cap hit. He knows he has the highest base salary. He knows it's hamstringing them right now. Yeah. So I think he, in knowing all that, he said, "Look, although you have your limitations, just know that I want to be here, and whatever happens, just know it wasn't my fault." Yeah, and I respect
3: that at the end of the day. I, I think too. The other thing, um, you know, to take into account with this. Again, this is the stuff we don't know behind the scenes, right? But the Eagles may already have their mind made up. Like, no, we're moving on, man. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just I wouldn't even say saying. that.
4: I think they have the number that they're not moving from.
3: Yeah, like this is what it I is. I think it's if, that more so if, than anything. If this and they may have already discussed it and they may have already bottom lined it for them and said, Hey, look, this is where we're at. And if if this doesn't work, we get it. You got to look elsewhere, go right ahead. We want value in return, and it's gonna be at our price. But yeah, you can move you can you can do what you got to do. We have a good question from Ty
4: Williams. He says, if we lose him, do you think Chase Young would be a good pickup? Yep, that's a good I'd question. That's a good question, Ty, because um as of right now, Chase Young has a pretty has a pretty fair uh market value right now. Um and again, we have you know, that's that's not a guarantee, but Chase Young a guy coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, he played very well in that Super Bowl. Um, and you know, he's obviously coming off of being injured the year before, um, a lot of
3: injuries in his young career,
4: a lot of injuries in his young career wants to prove that he still can play at a high level, former, former number two overall pick first round out of Ohio state. Yep. As of right now, uh, his market value is an average of 13 million per season, um, for an edge rusher. That's not that bad. That's actually less than what Hassan Redick is making right now for a young guy at age 24. You take a flyer on Chase Young, bring him in on a one-year deal. Right. Um, that could be an option. So Ty, that's a you know that's a that's a good yeah, it's pull a good, by it's you. It's a
3: good name. I I think he is. I think there's a lot of talent there, Tone. I think he's he's been caught up in injuries, and I think he's been caught up in kind of a crappy situation in Washington prior to getting traded. You know to to the Niners. He would be a very interesting guy for me. Uh, to I, take a flyer is a little strong, but to take a shot on uh, Chase Young. But they're gonna yeah. have to do that kind of thing. This can't just be drafting, you're gonna have to get some proven bets if, yeah. if, if you lose this guy.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's, 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 not, it's not going to be a simple fix. Um, if you lose him, it's not whatsoever. But you know, like he said. The Business goes the way the business goes. You want him here, I want him here. All we can do is really see how this thing plays out.
3: Yeah, I think the the, the thing is too, and I and I saw um the um I'm awake, are you just give me seven to ten sacks a year? But they're they're really lacking overall uh now because we don't know what Nolan Smith's gonna be. We don't know if Brandon Graham's gonna be here, what he's gonna bring, because he his his sacks went way down last year. You know, we did this comp yesterday with how a lot of guys went down sack wise. I don't know for sure what Jordan Davis is going to bring to the table. You know, I just don't know. So you you go into it. There's too much uncertainty right now for me to feel really good about this. It, it, like I get it. It might make it to a point where, like we, we just talked about, that the Eagles mm-hmm. and Reddick's camp are just too far apart and and mm-hmm. it's over. But I, st- I'm gonna I'm gonna say he comes back. I will. I think
4: yeah. I agree i think he comes back like you like you and i said um they restructure they extend um they drop a bag they drop a big bag of money at his feet and um they maybe increase his annual salary from 15 million to maybe 17 maybe 18. yeah um but i but i i I have it on strong authority i feel i feel that they don't want to even scratch 20 million with him he obviously wants that but listen the, the, the players care about the guaranteed dollars more than more than anything Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure his agent is already, is already speaking to people running NFL, gauging, gauging how they're valuing Hassan and, um, you want him back. I want him back. Um, you and I both think he will be back, um, just under, uh, under, under different terms.
3: Yep. Yep. And, and, um, but I'm with you, like the returns on guys in their thirties who are undersized, aren't great. So I think two years makes perfect sense. If you can do it, mm-hmm. you know, with a restructure this year and extension one more, and then probably that'll be it. That'd be in the line.
4: Yeah. Cause here's the thing, right? You know, when you're undersized like that, you really depend a lot on your speed. And typically yep. in sports, speed is the first thing to go. Correct. Not your, you know, not your technique, not your savviness, um, not your power, your speed. Yeah, And um, Hassan Reddick without the speed, um what is he exactly
3: i agree so, and, and and i agree um with dan if they bring back reddit not a shot in hell they spend a linebacker correct uh you will be. Oh, agree at nicobe dean and zach cunningham i'm not even sure they spend a linebacker if, if reddit walks
4: <laughs> right that's another thing too right we're not even guaranteed like let's just say reddit does walk right we're not yep. it's not even a guarantee they spend money on linebacker anyway uh nope. so so, no, no, so no, no. that's that, that's the funny part about it right then yeah. and there So true.
3: All right, let's hit it. Let's uh, come back. Anthony Sanfilippo is going to join us. Uh, We'll we'll bounce this uh, Reddick thing off of Anthony, but we'll talk some Flyers. We'll talk some Phillies. A lot to get to with Anthony when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home, business, or property, and you go through the pain, inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you know how trying that can be, right? Well, the beauty is Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I went through it. I had water damage from an upstairs basement into a downstairs basement or an upstairs bathroom to a downstairs bathroom. They did a lot of damage to the ceiling, to the wall, to my carpet. They came in, they fixed it, and it was one-stop shopping. They took care of everything. Uh, And they worked in conjunction with my insurance company. So they are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. And again, they can handle everything, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it. They're all good. Uh, give ProAction Restoration a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
1: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
2: Dog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick 'em game. You pick between 2 to 5 players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money
3: are back. back Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We're Sports Take. I'm Rob Ellis. That's Tone to Shields. We are joined by our next guest. You can check out his work at Aunt San Philly, crossingbroad.com, Uh Covers the NHL with the Flyers, the Phillies as well. Snow the Goalie podcast and Crossed Up Phillies. And most importantly, he's celebrating his 21st birthday. <laughs> Congratulations on your, I know you're going to celebrate with a beer after our, your uh, hit that you do here, uh, and so congratulations on that, my man.
10: Thank you very much, Robbie. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's just another day. It's just another day on the calendar anymore. Hi,
3: man. Well, I, as I said to you when we, we I, I was, I asked you to come on. I said it's better than the alternative, my man. So this is yeah, true. Enjoy it. <laughs> this is it. very true. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get to to flyers and fills, I do because I know yeah. you follow all the sports. Yeah. Um, the, the, the latest on Hassan Redick is he's basically saying, "Hey, I didn't ask for a trade." I'd like to be here. I do want an extension. Um, are, are we seeing just the gamesmanship between organizations and players here? Is that what this is? Just classic gamesmanship?
0: Yeah,
10: and you know, you got to question what the motivation was of the leaker who gave the original report to all the all the you know the national guys, Ian all Rappaport. the media who, yeah, you know, guys. Who, who ran it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the motivation to to kind of? fudge the information because Mm -hmm. it turns out when you read it i think the story that came out today was that um it was offered to his knowing that he's got one year left that the the eagles offered to say if you want we can explore trade options right so this is to say that you know oh Hassan reddick asked for a trade is is kind of a little bit misleading Mm -hmm. so what's the what's the motivation there like what are you trying to do whoever it is that's leaking that information whether it's the the agent or whether it's howie whether it's whoever i'm i'm not sure what, what your what the benefit is um for for either side um so i don't know i it, it kind of surprises me a little bit that it that it came to this you would think that with a player of that magnitude of that importance to a, to this team defense is not very good and he's probably your best player at the current point on the defensive side of the football to to sit there and say you put him in limbo, really doesn't make any sense to me. I, hmm. I, I I'm a little perplexed by the whole the whole thing. Okay. So,
4: Ant, real quick before we transition away from this, um, what do you think is the most likely scenario? Me and Rob talked about it, and him and I likely believe something will be worked out um in the interim. But um, what do you think is the most likely scenario? Um, knowing what we know, especially with all these all these leaks coming out.
10: Yeah, that's that's a great question, Tone. I I you know I don't know I. I would say that it's probably likely now with this story coming out that he stays, more likely that he stays, but I wouldn't put that anywhere close to confident saying Mm -hmm. that. Like Mm I I think that yeah, it's if we're 50-50, I'm probably like at 51, 52% on that. Because I do think that there there could still be an option where, hey, listen, I didn't want to be traded, but they end up trading them anyway. Mm But he wanted it clarified that he yeah. didn't request the trade. He's
3: also playing on the fans' heartstrings right. out there. Like, I love Philly. I'm a Philly guy. Yeah, he's a Philly guy. He's local.
10: Temple right? guy yeah. and all yeah. that. Camden, yeah, he's from. Yeah. yeah. So he so I so very much so. I think that there's there's that. I think maybe he comes back, but man, that's a that's a tough, especially with hurts contract escalating again this year. Like it's it's going to be interesting to see how you can keep signing all these guys and bringing guys back when you have so many holes to fill.
3: Yeah. All right. So let, let's uh, let's jump a little bit. Let's go Flyers here. Um, yeah. Yes. They look like an exhausted team before the All-Star break. And mm-hmm. and to their credit, uh, to the players and the coaches and everybody else, man, they look like a completely different team. Four straight since the All-Star break. I want to ask you this first, though, before we get into it. What's impressed me all year is they've really played well against big boys. Against I, mm-hmm. I really good teams, and if, that's if you get in, that bodes pretty well for you in the playoffs. Where I don't know that you're scared when you take on one of those better teams, the higher seeded teams.
10: Yeah, well, I don't think that they're scared of anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that the Flyers play, they play such an aggressive north south style. Uh, they play fast, butt heavy, which is kind of a you know, it's kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, fast okay. but heavy. Um in the sense that in the sense that they have guys who who stretch the stretch the ice and get up and down quick, but they also aren't afraid to, to forecheck and, and and play physical when they need to. Um so yeah, they're not going to be afraid of anybody. Um uh, where they where they run into uh, some issues sometimes is they they do get a little bit you know, where they take their foot off the gas just a little bit. And try, and try and coast through portions of games, and they're not skilled enough to do that. So what ends up happening is, is that's when the other teams jump on them. That's why Torts was not happy with them um, in the game against Winnipeg. Even though they won, they got, they got to a great start. First period was awesome. They scored three goals in the first period, and they took their foot off the gas. And Winnipeg was – really good over the last two periods and you know the flyers just held you know urson was good in that and and they held them off and were able to win that game but they didn't torch didn't like the fact that for 40 minutes they did they were just on cruise control a little bit mm-hmm. right So, like that's something that's a, it's more of the mind game at that point you know this is you're pushing for the playoffs you can't l- let up at any point you have to play those 60 minutes and play them all hard one beginning to end which they finally did against seattle um, they weren't great last night, but they weren't terrible either. Um, But it was, again, good enough to beat Arizona. They won four in a row. I mean, you, they're, they're pretty much erased that five game losing streak right before mm-hmm. the, the All-Star break. So it's, you, you can't complain too much.
4: Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, Rob made me privy to a pretty interesting stat. The fact that they lead the NHL in shorthanded goals. I mean... Yep. Um 12, I think is, they have. It is right. It exactly. Like, it's it's fascinating. I mean, you know, speak to that. Uh is, is is that um reflective of you know the mantra and the mentality that Tortorella is kind of instilled in this young team?
10: Yeah, it really is. And it's it's a very aggressive style on the penalty kill. Like they are always looking. I was actually talking with Garnet Hathaway about this the other night. Um, he's one of the guys on the PK, and you know, it, it's they the the two forwards at the top. If they get an opportunity to try and make a play, like one goes for it, and as soon as they disrupt it, whether it's tipping a pass or whatever, the other guy is immediately going out of the zone. And it's a little bit risky to do because if, if you don't get the puck and get the pass out, all of a sudden now you are you got a guy out of position, right? But they feel like they're good enough, their defensemen are good enough and they have enough confidence in their goaltending that they can take those chances and that mm-hmm. more often than not those chances will lead to something good happening. And when you have 12 shorthanded goals at this point in the season, that's a, that's really a lot. I mean I, I don't I don't you know it it shouldn't be looked at say oh it's only 12 goals over the course of whatever they've played 54 games or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but that it, it that's a lot. In in this sport, it's a lot, and so that has been a difference maker for them this year because their their power play does not score goals. They were zero for eight on the power play last night. Mm. Um, it's the the worst power play in the NHL. Um, so to get tw- so now if, just imagine if you take those twelve goals that are shorthanded goals and put them on the power play side, now you're probably probably middle of the pack, mm-hmm. right? And so like that's they've been able to make a difference for the team in a lot of close games, getting those shorthanded goals. And that's, you know, those are points that the Flyers are getting in the standings that they otherwise wouldn't have. So that has been a big, big part of their, their team this
3: year. So, and is, is this, um, is this a matter of unbelievable coaching job, job by Tortorella or guys that they thought would take longer to develop? The process has been sped up for whatever reason. They're just playing better than they anticipate. Like wh- what is the reason behind this? Because I don't, and, and you you speak openly on this do you think yeah. that, did you think they were going to be this good no not at all i not didn't all. either no i
10: i remember beginning of the season i think the over under for them on points for the year i think was 74 yeah and i said that they would probably be just over that like i thought that they would be like a 77 78 point team that's kind mm-hmm. of where i thought just under fi- like under 500 competitive but not really in this playoff race they're going to blow well past that number they're going to be you know around 90 points or maybe even a little mm. bit higher than that mm. um so they're going to be a, they're, they're surprising even me but to answer your question um i i think it's more i give the coaches a lot of credit i really do um because they're getting a lot out of guys that you didn't think that they were going to get yeah they're they're, they're the the sum is greater than the whatever not saying it the parts, parts. right yeah. whatever the, the, the you know the, the the total thing is there but yeah, um, some guys are developing a little faster you know Cam Yorks quietly had a really strong defensive season uh, Tyson Forster I don't think anyone ever thought that this kid was going to be a two-way player he was considered a a, a a you know a sniper but never really talked about his defensive side of his game and that's really developed strongly this year Um, So there are some kinds of developments that have come up out of these players. But on the whole, when you put this team together and the way that they play, they're buying into a system that this coaching staff led by John Tortorella um, is has instilled in them and they're buying in they 're buying into it and they're playing it they're they're play what they call a, a black and bruise game what that means is they block a ton of shots mm-hmm. they are not afraid to put their bodies on the line mm-hmm. get in front I mean the last few games their goal was last night yeah I mean they've only had to make like 22 saves 17 right. saves for Cal Peterson the other night like you know the in the Florida game I think after they took the lead the Florida Panthers had one shot on goal. The entire third rest of that third period, and it was from the blue line, it wasn't even a great shot. Like they are just getting in the way of everything and shutting teams down, taking away the middle of the ice. It's a very good system, and they are playing it to a T.
4: You know, and since we're all in agreement that this team is playing way better than we ever anticipated, um, has your opinion necessarily changed on their ceiling? And if so, how does that influence what they do at the trade deadline?
10: That's a great question, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, w- when you say they're sealing for this season, th- I, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, right? right. And nor do I think that they're going to be there towards the end of the playoffs. To me, getting into the playoffs is a fascinating and, and fantastic
3: outcome mm. for this club, considering where they were. At this it's point funny. They're it. the polar opposite of every other Philadelphia team. Like, yeah, you're happy they get in the playoffs. <laughs> be, we'd be killing somebody if they lost any other team lost. They've been dead team. for a while, Rob. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, right? Like, like to
10: me, that is that's that is you're you're playing with house money. Yeah. Once you get in, um, do I think they can beat somebody in the playoffs with the way they're playing? Yeah, they could surprise somebody. I mean, Torts did this before. He did it with Columbus yeah. a few years back. I don't know if you remember they Tampa Bay had the best record in the history of hockey in the regular season. And then it got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round towards coach team that played a very similar style. I don't think it could win long term. I think that one good team after another after another, eventually somebody's going to catch you, right? Um, and so therefore, it, it probably doesn't win. But can they can they make a little bit of run of a run? I think so. As for the trade deadline, though, I think that's a separate question, Tom, because mm. I think what's going to happen here is is that they are still looking to move a couple guys Mm. and it really will depend what they can get back in return. If the assets they're getting are just future assets as in draft picks or prospects that aren't in the NHL right now, well then that's going to impact the product on the ice this year, but it may be better for the team long-term. If they're going to get somebody back who can help now, even if you're sending somebody else out and it's like a what they call, quote-unquote, a hockey trade, what they mean by that is that it's helping both teams in the, in the present, mm-hmm. well, then I think they can continue to do what they're doing this season. So it's going to be a real fascinating trade deadline on March 8th. So real quick,
4: um, who do you think likely may be heading out the door? Who do you think is the most valuable asset for them
10: heading out? Well, the most valuable asset is probably Sean Walker, mm-hmm. right-handed defenseman uh, who's had a really nice season. Um, we had Craig Berube on snow, the goalie the other day, uh, from the, from the game. And he called him a steady Eddie said, he's the most steady defenseman just comes, goes out. You don't worry about him. You know, he's going to do his job. He's going to get, get it done. And he's right-handed, which is a rarity. That's like a left-handed reliever in baseball, right? I mean, it's to be a right-handed shooting defenseman, is a very, very Drysdale. Important. That was one of the, the, well, one the of draws the, of Drysdale. Yeah, for sure. So, th- th- you know, there's a lot of value in him, especially because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So there's no financial commitment for teams beyond the last 15, 20 games of this season. Um, and he's a veteran. So there's a lot to like about him. You could probably get a first round draft pick for Sean Walker, mm-hmm. a, late, a late first round draft pick, Pro- maybe a second, but with a condition being a condition on a first. But like that's the most valuable guy you have, but he's been really good. Do you look at it and say mm. maybe we keep him around if we can move another defenseman instead? So that's a that's the the juggling that that Danny's going to do. And the other name is Scott Lawton, who had a great game last night. Oh right? what a
3: what a move!
10: Yeah, I mean. And he was getting
3: high-sticked on the he goal. Got drilled in the face in the and fi- still had that <laughs> sick wrap around, there.
10: <laughs> right? Oh. So he had a great game last night, and but his name has been out there now too. You know, when they re-signed Ryan Paling, who's been really good for them yeah. since they've re-signed him, um, they people you kind of look at it and say, "Well, Paling's the replacement for Lawton in the next couple of years, and let's get something for Lawton." Um, and I think that there will be value for Lawton too, because the best centers. Uh, that were available at the trade deadline, well, they already got traded. As was Elias Lindholm went from Calgary to Vancouver, and then uh, Monahan went from um, Montreal to Winnipeg. They already went. And so barring other guys really being put out there, Lawton is a guy that, that championship contending teams would love to add to their third line. He can bring you something in return too. But again... What's the asset that's coming back? And I think that will be – let's talk again after March 8th, and then I'll Mm -hmm. give you a much better assessment of whether I think they hold on to a playoff spot
3: or not. All right, let's jump over to Phil's here, pitchers, catchers. uh, Tomorrow. I I know. I already saw that. I'm I'm seeing the video of Dabrowski looking at prospects. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, So – they, they take a little shot at Spencer Turnbull, you know, low risk, high reward, maybe. Who knows? Dombrowski yep. knows him from the Tiger days or whatever. Do you feel like, at least for right now, Ant, that they're kind of rolling with this? There's not going to be any anything of note addition-wise to either the rotation or as a position player?
10: I think that they would make a change, an addition in the rotation if the market came back to them. Mm. But they don't want to make a long term commitment to to like I like that's the that's the thing I think Jordan Montgomery is a guy that they would certainly be interested in and and slotting him into the rotation, um, probably ahead of Taiwan Walker, right? Um, and w- so he probably becomes your three, and you know then you have Suarez and 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 four and maybe Sanchez is five. And I think that that makes you an improvement to your rotation, but they don't want to make a the money that I think Montgomery's still looking for. That's why he's not signed yet, right? And so they're they're kind of laying in the weeds there. If if Montgomery's price came down to where they would want him, then I think that they could do something like that. I also think they could still get one of these. Fourth outfielders like an Adam Duvall type, right? Who's still out there and and makes a lot of sense. Right-handed, kind of you know can play against the lefties that kind of thing. Got some pop uh and be a better bench bat than what they have on the bench. Like, but again, those guys are looking for guarantees on playing time, and until you get that, they're probably going to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so then you know as time moves on here. I think if these guys aren't signed by the end of the month, and we suddenly hit March, and it's like, uh oh, we're, yeah, we're we're a up against out. it now, yeah, yeah. And then these guys might change their mind and change their tune, and then the Phillies could pounce. But otherwise, I do think you're right. I think w- what you see is what you got for this team for going into this going into spring training.
4: Yeah, and um, last week uh, Dave Dombrowski made his made an appearance on uh, WIP, and he was talking about how you know just because um uh, you know we're quiet doesn't mean we're not active, right, mm-hmm. and. I'm curious, you know, Dombrowski. He's made a lot of moves for this Phillies team over the past few years. Um, speak on the level of optimism he provides his organization because of the swings he's not afraid to take, and because how how all in he is on this Phillies roster.
10: Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, I just look at the track record, right? The Guys won everywhere he's been. Mm. I mean, really look at what he look what he's done. I mean, he won. He won uh, in Florida. Um, he won in Detroit. I mean, didn't, win, didn't win a championship. But got to the World Series with Detroit twice. And he won in Boston, uh. The, so the guy is a winner, and he's you know gotten the Phillies of the World Series since he's been here. So he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to put teams together. And he's not he. It's the combination of of his ability to go out and and get the players that a team needs, and the fact that John Middleton and the ownership group is not afraid to spend money to do it. And so I think it's a that's one of those things where you have the the perfect storm for a team to to be in contention year in and year out while you have the star players that you have in their prime. And so, you know, if Dombrowski wants to go into the season with what he has, and yeah, there might still be some couple of holes. The bench might have a, a spot. You might have a hole in the bullpen. We'll see what happens in center field. They believe in Rojas, but, we you know, we'll have to see how he hits for a little bit. If you have any of those holes that need to be filled in July, that's when he'll fill them. And mm-hmm. he's patient enough to figure that out and, and not overspend now. And the one thing I always say in, in defense of, of this approach, how many teams that win the offseason go on to win the World Series? That's a good point. Look they look at the Dodgers that you know, the last yeah. however many years, yeah. right? I mean prime it doesn't, example. It doesn't happen. Right. So the whoever wins the offseason doesn't always win the World Series. So I think that it's he's a good he has a good sense of the timing of things and when they need to happen and how they're going to happen. And, uh, he'll, he'll make the team better when it needs to be
3: made better. Let's go to back end of the rotation here. Yeah. Um, which I'm concerned about. I, I don't, I feel good about the first three. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold what we got from Christopher Sanchez carries. Maybe it does. Mm-hmm. I don't like Taiwan Walker, frankly, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they tried to move him, but his contract is, is, is a tough one. Um, Where's your faith level in that group and how quickly do you think something could happen there? Well, that's
10: why I think that they're still in on the Montgomery conversation, okay. because I think that they're not I don't think they're in, incredibly confident with the four or five spots. Yeah. Do, do they believe that they can get by with it? Like, you know, hey, we think Sanchez that that change up plays at this level and, and he can be a guy that can get you through five innings, six innings and and keep you in games. Fine. Yeah. But we'll we'll see if he can do it again. The Walker thing is, he's just an, an innings eater, and they don't like the fact that he gets lit up in the first inning, uh, and then figures it out after that. Yeah, I it's mean, everybody wants to make you
3: – he gives you six innings Were you're down five nothing in the yeah. second. Great. <laughs> it's
10: it's so weird that like he's so bad in the first inning and then he's really good after that. Like I don't understand. You know, maybe it's his his pregame routine. I don't know, but um, yeah, I they would certainly want to upgrade that, and I think that that's why they're still kind of in the market there. But I do think that they look at it and say, "We we have enough depth there that we can maybe out hit some of the deficiencies that they have, right. and then again, when we get to July, if we need, if we feel like we need to replace somebody at the four, in that four spot, we go do it then." But they think that they have not like like I think a lot of these ads like you mentioned turnbull um you know colby allard um that they brought in and they still have like a nick nelson and they have guys that are there that can come up and give you like a couple of starts here and there and and get you through to the point where you say okay now we have to have a rotation for the playoffs let's go get that fourth arm and and go out there and try and win this thing okay
4: a final question for me and um you know let's I think we're all in agreement here that the World Series window for the Philadelphia Phillies is now. Yeah, and um, when you think about it from that perspective, you know they made it to the NLCS last year, Game Seven, made it to a Game Six to to the World uh, in the World Series the year before. I mean, when you climb that hill time and time again, you keep falling short. Um, At some point, the mental fatigue has to set in. At some point, I mean, where is your faith level when it comes to this team? Probably avoiding that. you know that you know that 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 thing on the season.
10: That's tough, man. It's it's. I mean, let's think back to the the team that last team that won a World Series here, two thousand eight, right? Phillies win the World Series. Two thousand nine, they lose the World Series. Two thousand ten, they lose the NLCS. <clears throat> two thousand eleven, they lose the Division Series. Right? I mean, so they went backwards one step each year, and in two thousand twelve, they missed the playoffs entirely. Until then, they had to start the rebuild. Um, so yeah, I mean, here the Phillies went to the World Series, lost the NLCS. I mean, they could take that step backwards again just because you're putting so much extra time and energy into it. And and you don't know. I mean, and you know, when you look at the national league now, I mean the Braves aren't going away. There's no. they're still in my mind the best team in baseball. Um, the Phillies just happen to have their number the last two years, but but I'll tell you that they, you know, the Braves want to get past the Phillies. Like, that's a thing for them this year. We all know about what the Dodgers have done. And so everybody is going to be talking about them. And you have other teams, too, that are going to be competitive in the National League. The National League is, is really good. good. It's a really good league. And so, do I think the Phillies are going to be in the playoffs again? I do, but I don't think that there's any. You know, it's going to be any easier than it's been the last two years. We might be hmm. in the same boat. Like every we you know, we're chasing Atlanta again. You know, um, they got to be a wild card again, and they got to figure out their way through a three game series against some upstart team in the first round, and you know, and then find their way and beat Atlanta or beat the Dodgers in the second round. You know, and then if you get any further, maybe you have to beat one of them again in the third round. But I mean, that's really what it's going to be, and I, I it's just, it's just their lot because of who else is in the league with them.
3: Yeah. And good stuff, man. Good stuff. We love talking to you. I, I know Torch gives you a hard time, but we love talking to you, brother. I'm glad. I'm, well, I'm
10: saying it's because I, I don't have to ask you guys any questions. So, you know, you guys ask me the questions. We ask the questions. You exactly. ask the questions. If That's I was asking right questions, way. You, maybe you wouldn't talk to me.
3: Yeah, I so. hear you. I hear you. Uh, appreciate it, and Thanks for, for a couple minutes. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, we appreciate uh, you, sir. Yeah, Check you got out you on Twitter, time. of course, with the crossed up. Uh, it, Snow the goalie, all, all good stuff. Thanks, Ant. Um. So yeah, I, I look. I concur with a lot of that with the Phillies. You I mean you're looking at a Miami team that's always pesky with the Diamondbacks who are going to be mm-hmm. a pain in the butt. Yeah, they're and, young and getting better. Right, exactly, and they're feeling good about themselves after the way they performed last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona is so. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. All right, let's get a quickie and We'll come back. And uh, we will talk football. We will get a lot of stuff to get to NFL-wise. We'll we'll circle back to the ratings from the the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. They're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. So if you have any issues in your yard, on your property, they're just a quick phone call away, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve Southeastern PA, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Uh, keep in mind, you know, we got the some rough weather right now when this subsides a little bit might be a good time to get your trees evaluated You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page For more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com
6: Go to get your game on Go for the beers
2: Dog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick 'em game. You pick between 2 to 5 players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money Do you stream on a
8: Roku, Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
9: And the big story on Action News. Search
8: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
9: E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. Eagles.
3: Here we go. We are back. About an hour sure. of program. Tone and Rob hanging out. So I thought this was interesting. Um, the COO of the Rams is Kevin Demoff. Um, and he, he's been with the Rams since they were in their um, St. Louis days. Steve mm. Spagnuolo used to be the coach of the Rams. In fact, he was the Rams coach from 2009 to 2011. And it was a bad stretch. I mean, they had no talent. They were, it was just a, a total disaster. I mean, yeah. They went 10 and thirty. It was weeks. a
4: lose-lose for everybody.
3: Yeah, but just yeah, bad all around. Now, um, if you noticed, a couple days ago, I was yesterday, I think. Tyree Hill on social media asked, "Why doesn't Steve Spagnuolo get any head coaching interviews?" Um, I talked to Rob Motti last night. Rob Motti said Steve Spagnuolo absolutely would would welcome being a head coach, so he's not in Jim Johnson mode where he's. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, See, I mean,
4: that's what I was. I was about to counter with that. I was about to say yeah. maybe he just doesn't want it, but that's no, a good he question. Does.
3: He does. So uh, that is interesting. So Kevin Demoff, who is the Rams COO in Los Angeles now, usually don't see other organizations doing this. But he put a tweet out and he said, it's well past time to see Spags get another head coaching opportunity. The team and organization he inherited in St. Louis was a mess. Nobody could have had success. Yet he changed the culture slash staff and players believed an amazing human being deserving of a real shot that we couldn't give him. That's really a generous thing to do for that guy to go to bat for someone who isn't his coach. That know? was
4: very self-deprecating for the you know for yeah. the Rams. You know, for, again, he's a guy that's that's represented the Rams for a long time. Yeah, and for him to go out on the limb and say, "Look, he had no shot. We yeah. know it. Everybody, yeah. everybody, we know it. He knew it. Everybody should know it. Get this guy another job. I mean, what he's done, what he's done in Kansas City is nothing short of remarkable." The way he's developed, the way he's developed those young guys, the the way he's called games in these Super Bowls, just the the ingenuity, the instincts. I mean, he's an OG in the game, man. Yeah. It makes you think, you know, it's funny. Celio broke this up yesterday. And um, this is obviously before, you know, this report came out, you know, from Mm -hmm. Kevin Dumont and all that. You know, he he questioned, well, if the Washington Commanders, if you wanted a defensive coach so bad, why not give Spags a call? Right. That's a
3: totally great point. That's a top. That's a top candidate right there. Right? Well, I mean, I'll, 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 here's my answer. He's 64. Yeah, I think. What? What? I think. Uh, what's his name? Quinn is like 50, early 50s, or whatever. I, I think it's. I think it's an ageist thing. I do. So, so ageism. So ageism
4: does still exist in the NFL, despite yep. you know, despite your your cachet, um, despite your you know your accolades. The this goes even more to the point that we talk about all the time. These organizations would much rather give a pencil pusher the head coaching job somebody that they can control and manipulate control, than someone control, th- than control. someone who has legitimate cachet legitimate a legitimate resume these Dang organizations that. are trying to transition away from guys like Bill Belichick they're trying to transition away from guys like um Pete Carroll guys like that i'm actually surprised that Jim Harbaugh you know got the job with the Chargers because of how imposing he can be but That's again, true. you come on you come off of a national championship and, and start, the chargers
3: are desperate too.
4: And the and the Chargers are desperate. So they're they're looking at it like this. We we we've we we've tried that route already. Now yeah. we to, now we need to bring someone in who can legitimately bring credibility to our organization. So I can understand their angle, right? But again, it goes back to the point where these organizations are held are more concerned about controlling the narrative and controlling the separation of powers than um actually putting the right people um in position to actually uh, do things for their organization. I mean, it's the Eagles, the Eagles fall right in line with that. I mean, the yes. Eagles have never hired a person with head coaching experience to be their head coach. You know, that they, they fall right into that category. So, you know, it's so funny. We can easily get wrapped up in the Eagles side of things, but this is a league wide problem, not just the Eagles problem. And um, case in point, Steve Spagnuolo.
3: Agreed. And that was, that was the thing. I thought he was of the mindset that he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Same because he's, he's never standing. said anything.
4: You never heard anything from him. Yeah, you know he's not mean? a guy
3: who's going to campaign for himself. He's he's you know. But anyway, the guy's got four rings as a as a uh, coordinator. He's got three with the Chiefs and one with the Giants. He knocked off that that first Giant, that first Patriots team. Mm-hmm. So you know. Anyway, so that that one.
4: Think I, about I it, think about it from this perspective too, Rob. Yeah, you you told me this. Four of the five teams. Four of the top four of the top five offenses in the NFL, they knocked them off in one playoff run alone. Correct. Average. You mean you, you mean you, you, you mean to tell me that guy that guy doesn't yep.
3: deserve coaching opportunity or interview? Tell me who was a be- who's a better defensive coordinator? Is it Dan Quinn? I'm rolling it's with Steve Spag. Spagnuolo. I'm rolling with yeah. Spag. Yeah, pretty simple, pretty simple math there for me. Uh, Dan Quinn's
4: defense collapsed. It collapsed against the the, uh, the 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 Green Bay Packers. Yep. I mean, yep, let's absolutely. let's let, let's let's call it what it is. So mm-hmm. Steve no, his track record is unblemished. Two, yeah. Two playoff runs in a row. Yeah. Last year, they ran through the Bills, ran through the Bengals, the Eagles, what?
3: you know, and the again, Eagles. It, right. Tell judgments adjustments in the second half. Yeah, I, exactly.
4: Yeah. So when, when you think about it from that perspective, the fact that he doesn't have a job is criminal. And it's quite obvious why he doesn't have the job. He's someone who has experience, has a resume, and these in these organizations aren't trying to play ball with guys who actually have pull.
3: Yep. Or who want pull. Yep. No or, or want pull. Uh well, well said, Tone. Well said. All right. Tom Brady, who we know is gearing up to take over that number one spot um for Fox. He'll he'll be paired with Kevin Burkhart. I don't know what uh, my understanding is Greg Olson has an out. That he could jump to another network, uh, which that is that'd be interesting to me. Like if I'm Mm. I'm CBS or somebody, man, and I know Romo, we got to live with Romo being in that number one spot. But, man, I'm looking long and hard. Did you uh, like did you like him commentating the Super Bowl? No, I thought he sucked. I thought he sucked, too. He's diarrhea of the mouth. He's he just like talks. A, he's like a kid with ADD who you just gave, you know, uh sour patch kids to he's bouncing off the walls and he never shuts the hell up. That's, that's what Romo is. It's terrible.
4: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of empty words.
3: Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, it's talking to be taught. The other thing is if you, if you go back and watch the last touchdown after it happens, I thought Jim Nance did a good job calling it, but you got to let it breathe. It's on TV. You don't need to be talking over it. Just let the pictures tell the story and the crowd. Ah, he's just, bah, 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 it never stops.
4: Yeah. He's approaching Chris Collinsworth territory.
3: <laughs> I think He's worse. I, if, he, if you're asking me, I have my choice. Uh, Collins I'd rather man, have I'll, Chris I'll,
4: Collinsworth. I'd rather have Chris. All day, I'll
3: take Collinsworth.
4: All day, man. All day. That's why, listen, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they're the best yeah. in the biz. Yeah. They're the I best know, in the biz. I think I Greg know. Olson is. Astronomically better than Tony Romo,
3: way better, and he's we been doing it for two years. He's way. We all better. know why he has that job, though. Oh, of course. We all know. Man, he's he's, he's Tom Brady, man, or he's Tony, you know, it's Tony Romo, whatever. I yeah, uh, mean, so he's a former cowboy. That's true too. Some cowboys, guys live in the spotlight. That's true. Uh, all right, we talked about this yesterday. The 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 Travis Kelsey bump into Andy Reid, and how it was sort of just brushed under the rug because they won, because he's Kelsey, because it's Taylor Swift, and blah 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 blah. So Tom Brady uh, was on his Let's Go podcast yesterday, and here's what he had to say regarding it. Quote, "Uh, there's always little family issues. And of course, I don't mind seeing it because I was part of a lot of those things. Emotions are so high. You're definitely not centered and balanced. You're not in a meditative state at that point. You were fully determined to go out there and to win. So I think a lot of things that are said during games, people should just let them fly off their back. And I actually think Coach Reed handled it just awesome like he always does. Because he just said I was a little bit off balance, and Travis is a competitor, and I love it, but it just speaks to the leadership ability, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, Brady just saying basically this is heat of the moment stuff that happens all the time. Okay, no one's denying that. No one's denying that it's heat of the
4: moment. No one's denying that emotions are riding high. No one, no one's denying any of that. Yeah. Our sole issue is you put your hands on the man, and you notice he didn't speak too far. You notice he didn't say anything about that, right? He, right, like, exactly. And, he didn't and, mention that. And yet. that
3: soliloquy, he, he made it sound like he was just being, you know, he was talking. boisterous. Yeah, boisterous. No, nah,
4: it wasn't just that. He put his hands on that man. He should have did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can get it. you can get Raya right, right, all you want. It's it's a passionate moment. I totally get it. I'm not even mad about that. You put your
3: hands on. It. That's yeah. an issue for me. Yeah, can't yeah. do that. I agree. Did you know this? So Pat Riley, who's you know the architect of the Heat. Back in the day, he was a great coach for the Lakers.
4: Mm-hmm. Nick's he trademarked,
3: here. yeah, he trademarked three Pete. So he owns that word. For real? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent trademarked three peat back in the day when he was with the Lakers in the late 80s. He did when they were closing in on their third straight championship. He secured the trademark for it. So he has cashed in on this thing big. Uh the Bulls won three championships in a row twice, and he got paid off of that. Okay. And Riley says he every penny he makes and he does well off of it, he donates to charity. But if the Chiefs pull it off, uh one of Riley's again uh preferred charities would benefit from it. Uh, yeah, it's it's just unbelievable, man. Like it, how smart was that?
4: I, I never even knew that. You, you you just you just blew my mind with that one. I thought that was something <laughs> that was already in a dictionary or something. Like no, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's but
3: it's brilliant, it's brilliant by him. Brilliant. yeah that's um, uh,
4: hey, listen pat riley is the don man he's the he don is. Dada. you know what i mean he moves like he, he moves around like uh like tony montana man he's just smooth <laughs>
3: criminal he and zo sitting there watching taking the games in, watching the games together um all right so this this uh, we talked i want to give you these dates because i'm going to tie it into something here okay february 20th franchise and transition tags can be applied to players doesn't happen much anymore. But you can still do that, okay? February 27th through the 4th is the NFL Combine. Feb- March 11th through the 13th, you can start negotiating with unrestricted free agents. March 14th, you can sign free agents. April 25th through the 27th is the draft. Okay, so let's go back to the 20th, which is eight seven days from now. Uh, franchise and transition tags can can start to be applied. The reports out of Cincinnati are that the, they expect the Bengals to use a franchise tag on T Higgins. Really? Who, who could become a free agent at the end, of, you know, in March, starting in March with the new league year. Um, so there, this is according, this kid's coming from the athletic. The team has the cap space to carry his salary in 2024. And the Joe Burrow's cap number remains w- relatively. Well, I didn't realize this Burrow's cap number. In twenty four, got jumps from twenty-four to twenty-five jumps up twenty million. Wow. So he's he's kind of reasonable this year. So since he can yeah. be players here, um, but it looks like they're gonna try to tag him, which would get him around twenty, somewhere in that neighborhood. It would, that's what it would get uh T Higgins, about twenty.
4: I like okay, Tiggins. I mean, no, no, no. I like T Higgins too. Um you know, I'm just I'm just curious how sustainable like do they plan on I think it's him a one-year thing. Okay. So the they, they must be looking at it like this. We gotta cash in in 2024. Yeah. We gotta we, we got we gotta make a big splash. 2024 has to work because after that we're not gonna be able to pay we're not gonna be able to pay him because we gotta pay Jamar Chase very soon.
3: And Burroughs um, money goes up.
4: yeah Right. Then Burrow's money goes up, it gets more complicated. It's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but obviously the player doesn't want to be a franchise tag at all.
3: No, no. I, I'd like to be insulted that way, though. Hey, we're giving <laughs> you $20 million for a year. Please, <laughs> anybody, put a tag on me. Uh, I beg of you. No. Uh, so the Chiefs have their parade tomorrow, Tone. Uh, so they will do it. They will celebrate 11 a.m. <clears throat> in Kansas City. That's a nice little Valentine's Day uh, present for With fans. Love. Yep yeah they get that done uh it's official mike zimmer cowboys uh that's a done deal we've been waiting for that to become official but it is uh it is uh going to be official or it is done deal they they have they have agreed i think it's a it's a smart move by them um you know it's not flashy necessarily but i think it's smart
4: yeah yeah i don't I don't mind it at all a guy with experience um i'm curious to see what his what his plan of action is going to be with this defense. I mean, we saw Dan Quinn maximize that defense to the best of his ability um throughout the regular season. Um, again, Mike Zimmer, he he's experienced. We'll see how it pans out.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, they're they're um there's a lot of talent there, but for whatever reason, man, things just go haywire, it feels like with that team. Uh Arthur Blank, no defined plan as far as a quarterback goes. Uh, you know, we talked about it a lot the last few weeks. I think that's a very nice way of saying. You know, Desmond Ritter's still here under contract, but Desmond Ritter ain't the guy. So of we got to figure something out. That's what they're doing.
4: Yeah, Atlanta, in my opinion, is a is a very fascinating destination because I believe um, they have weapons on offense that you can definitely um, make things happen with. Their offensive line is okay. Um, I like obviously they got B. John Robinson at running back. The defense is starting to come along. You know, led by Jesse Bates. They spent a lot of money last offseason on defense. Sure um, did. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a play for Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't be surprised if they also trade for a guy like Justin Fields. I think those are their two options if they decide to go that route. Or, obviously, they draft the guy. If they, but, they don't, but if they don't like this draft class, they have flexibility. By If you bring in Kirk Cousins, it's not going to be a deal that's going to be for five years probably gonna be a two-year three-year deal mm-hmm. or if you trade with justin Fields, you still got him on a rookie contract right and you can get out of that relatively within a year or two mm-hmm. so they have some options there especially like i said if they don't like if they don't like the quarterback class this year
3: well I, I you bring up cousins that he's man it's really interesting to see what go what happens there do do the teams that feel like they're close like a pittsburgh or some other team that feels like they're just short uh, uh you know a quarterback do they go after him you you know what it is it's two or three years maximum but mm-hmm. or does minnesota bring him back i'm trying to think of other teams that would be in contention right we, we uh, definitely are overlooking we're bringing him back yeah like if i'm new england i'm not doing that i want a young guy that i'll develop
4: yeah if i'm if i'm new england that's what i would do um i wouldn't you know sign Kirk cousins that's just me
3: raiders so. do they think about it Hmm. I think
4: the Raiders want to actually draft the guy this time. They yeah. tried to they tried the Jimmy G thing. Uh, who was the quarterback before he got there? Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. I think they want to start fresh there. All
3: right. then, then that would leave Fields. Fields makes sense in Atlanta if he goes. I would love to see Fields. I would love to see him in Pittsburgh. I would love to see him in Pittsburgh, too. I wonder if Pittsburgh th- – th- there's a lot of talk that they take a run at Russell Wilson. Mm. It's not –
4: Do you think that's do you think that's a little too rich for them? Um, I mean, I know the Rooney's have put a lot of pressure have put out there that they need to start winning some playoff games. So,
3: um, yeah, they've been a little out of character. They you usually don't hear from them, man, and they've been pretty public. Like, you know, it's time now. We've been close a few years. Let's go. Maybe, you know, maybe.
4: Yeah, they made the playoffs with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. I I, I
3: I don't. I'm not. Believe me, I'm not a Steeler fan, but I'm not a Steeler hater either. I'd be all. interested yeah, yeah, yeah. to see what they look like with a with a really with a good quarter. They haven't had one since Ben, and you know.
4: Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've I've never had an issue with the Steelers, you know, ever. I mean. I, I respect mean, the way
3: they do their business, right? I really,
4: yeah, I respect the way they do the business. I respect their legacy. Um, I love their head coach.
3: Yeah, same. Um, I'm I'm just trying to think of where other so there's Russell Wilson, there's Fields, there's Cousins. Cousins. Is there any other, either free agent or a guy on a roster like like Fields is and like hmm. Wilson is, that might move, that might tra- change teams? Mm,
4: that's a good question. That's a really good question.
3: I wonder. I guess Mac Jones stays in New England and maybe he's a backup. Um, mm.
4: Wait, I know Jared Goff. He's coming up. Um, they got to pay him pretty soon. Yeah, they. I don't
3: think he's going anywhere.
4: He's, I don't yeah. think he's going anywhere either. Yeah, they're gonna to have to pay him. You're right, Baker about Mayfield.
3: That. Yeah, he
4: he's out feels, there.
3: That feels Tampa, doesn't it? I mean, that feels Tampa-ish.
4: Yeah, I know Gardner Minshew only signed a one-year deal with the Colts, so he's likely going to be available,
3: right? That's true. Um, man, if I if I'm the Colts, i really would like him to stay because Anthony Richardson, even though I mean he took a beating last year, mm-hmm. he took a. I would hope. <laughs> Brian I mean, I Ten- Brian stinking- Tendhill,
4: Brian is going to be in the market. Eesh.
3: Yeah,
4: I mean, I'm not a Brian Tannehill guy, but you know, he's he's out there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. All right let, let's look at the let's look at the teams that would be in line that are most likely to draft. All right, mm. so there's the obvious right the, the the obvious ones that that are that are going draft. Chicago's up in the air right now whether they keep fields or not. I think they're more inclined to trade him I, I that's what i would say that he's more inclined to get dealt right um
4: atlanta needs a quarterback
3: yeah atlanta could draft one i'm just trying to think patriots i think definitely will draft a quarterback right
4: i think what about washington
3: seattle? yeah washington's a lock giants could uh hmm. denver could R- Raiders seattle could seattle could yeah yeah
4: Tampa, if they're not, if I mean, I think Baker does come back, but if they don't,
3: yeah, if mm. they don't, he he would,
4: yeah, hmm. yeah. Tennessee, well, Tennessee has Will Levis. Oh uh, no, they're I, yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah,
3: that's probably hmm. it.
4: Yeah, that's about it. That's about it.
3: What do you think the Eagles do with the backup quarterback? Do you think it's Tanner McKay?
4: I, I feel like they were. I feel like they were like the arrow on the side of more experience there. Uh, I don't really know where they go. Um, do they go Jacoby Brissett? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm I'm kind of unsure. Kind of unsure. Yeah. Also, you know, Mac Jones. They didn't he's pick up a fifth-year option.
3: Year. Right, but he's got the. He's in the last year of his deal. Yeah.
4: Right. Do you see them dealing him?
3: Uh, is there a market for him? I, I mean he was a first round pick, but I don't I don't know that there's any kind of market. That's true.
4: That's true. Cause he always is going back and forth with Bailey Zabby. So
3: Yeah, I, I think he may be um the guy there who starts until whatever rookie you you draft you deem ready to go. Hmm. You know, he might get the first five games of the regular season or something like that. You know, he might be interesting uh, to see what they end up doing. Uh, All right. A couple other things. So uh, we mentioned Tom Brady. So he's preparing himself to take over the number one spot. He's consulted with Tony Romo. Insert the joke. Uh, He's consulted with Aaron Andrews. He's consulting with who he'll be working with. Uh, in that on that number 1 team. He's going to different people. He's already done a bunch of games, uh, simulated games with uh with Kevin Burkhart. You think he'll be good?
4: Yeah, I heard somebody say um he may be too geeky up there. Two X a, O-y, like too X and OE like Yeah, yeah. I but you know, I don't I don't know I don't know how much I buy into that, but um I think ultimately because of the experience um, well, you know, when he when he talks about the game, I like hearing him talk about it. Uh, I think he'll be, I think he'll be solid. Um, I, I, I won't jump off on him and say he'll be great, but I'm not going to say he's going to be bad either. I think he'll be solid. Okay. And
3: then, it can, I, and then it can only go up from there. I'm trying to think, you know, what? I think he'll actually be good because here's, here's why I think he's going to be good. Number one, he's going to, he's lucky because he's going to get the tune in. No matter what, because he's Brady. Like even even if you're against him, sort of pushing Olsen out, you do you are curious to hear what it's going to sound like. Of course, it's Tom Brady. But I, I considering how hard the guy worked as a player, mm. I think he'll work his tail off as a commentator. You
4: think you think good. that carries over?
3: I do, I do. Like that's, that's and, and I see I see Kevin say Brady's about as dry as, as paper towels. Yeah, I would agree he is, but that was when he was playing the role of not wanting to give you anything as a player. He was almost like Belichickian in that sense. Like, yeah. I thought Troy Aikman was very dry as a player. Troy Aikman's phenomenal as an actor. Yeah,
4: yeah, and keep in mind, you know, Brady has that podcast too, so he's been getting a lot of reps in, you know, really expressing himself freely. He's He's been, he's been in the headlines a lot this offseason. Yeah. And throughout the season, you know, cover, you know, talking about the league and where it's going and the quarterback position, put the quarterback play and all that. Um, I think he'll be all right. I think, I think he'll be solid. I'm yeah, looking, I mean, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to it.
3: Yeah. I, I think and he's with a guy in Burkhart who isn't necessarily seeking the spotlight who mm-hmm. will let him shine. I think he's not afraid to tee you up, you know, and let you do your thing. So I think he'll be good in that sense. Um, You know, as a, as a broadcaster, but, the, the money he's going to make more money off of his Fox contract than he did playing in the NFL, which is just there is just some degree of that where you're like, Man, I it's such and this is, I guess, the world, America, whatever the rich get richer, man. You know, the, the rich just get richer. Um, uh, but when you have the success that he had, that's what that's what happens. So
4: that's how, how it goes, man. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and look, same thing. Um, you know, as, as far and much more likable. But but as far as Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Kelsey is going to write his own ticket. He's going to do whatever he wants to do, mm-hmm. whatever the network is. He'll either be in studio or he'll be on doing games, and he'll continue to crush it with his podcast. He will. Oh, something you should check out, man. I thought I I meant to tell this to you guys and tell our audience yesterday. I'm sure you can go online and find it or on demand and find it. There was a special that was on Sunday at one o'clock, like in the early in the pregame stuff, one or two o'clock. I forget which I think it was one o'clock. It was called uh, You Are Looking Live. And there's also a book called You Are Looking Live. But You Are Looking Live was was an hour long documentary, a look back at the NFL Today. The NFL Today was the original pregame show for CBS, it debuted mm. in 1974 or 75, I forget which, and it was Brent Musburger, <clears throat> Brent Musburger, uh, Jimmy the Greek, Irv Cross, and Phyllis George. So, Brent Musburger was the the, the straight man, the, the the point guard. Boom, he's doing his thing. He's the studio guy. He was brilliant at it too. Uh, Irv Cross was the first African American in it, in a in any kind of studio setting. He, play, he played for the Eagles. Irv it. Oh. okay. Um, Phyllis George was the first woman. That they used uh, for, for any kind of uh, men's sporting event like that. Jimmy the Greek was the first guy to introduce gambling. This is in the 70s when it was taboo to talk about this kind of stuff. So they Jimmy really, the they really cut. Co- yeah, Jimmy the Greek Snyder was his nickname, Jimmy the Greek. So they covered all they had. they They were doing things at the time that were totally unheard of. It was all white males at the time there wasn't pregame shows anyway. There were like little highlight shows you'd get or whatever, but nothing like this. It started at 1230. It ran from 1230 to one, taking you right into one o'clock kickoffs Mm -hmm. uh, on the East Coast. And if you get a chance to go back and then after Phyllis George left, they brought in Jane Kennedy, Jane Kennedy, the African-American woman who was a former, you know, model actress, beauty queen. And, and and it it walks through some of the stuff that she had to go through. It's really, really well done. So take a look. Uh, you are looking live that was you brent are. musburger so what they would do is they would start the show off and you would see a shot of Veterans stadium which is where the eagles used to play and he'd say you are looking live at a sold-out veterans memorial stadium in philadelphia where the eagles will take on the cowboys at one o'clock today mm. welcome in everybody i'm brent musburger bye, 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 bye. So he would that that's that's what it was. You are looking live, so check it out if you get to check that out. Okay, all right. uh, Let's get a timeout. We're going to come back. I'm going to hit you with a couple of things, and then I have an existential Eagles question for you. Uh Oh, uh, regarding 2024. So we'll do that when we return. Don't go anywhere. Tone to shields. Rob Ellis, right back.
0: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
9: G-L-E-S Eagles
3: We are back, final segment of the show Appreciate you hanging with us each and every day From 11 a to 2 p. Eastern Time Alright Tone, so a couple things uh, Taylor Swift was on camera for 54 seconds of the 4-hour Super Bowl I, I don't know how we. How did we all get, all get through it? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. How did we all survive those 54 oh, seconds? She's ruining the game. It took away all the game. The whole game stunk. Nobody watched because of that. Oh, maybe they did watch.
4: This is the this last thing us men have left.
3: It's the last <laughs> thing. <laughs> we can't let them infiltrate the last thing that we have. Yes, oh, 54 seconds. Yes, unbelievable. So somehow, some way. 123.4 million viewers got through it I don't know how but, but somehow they did just that that minuscule amount of people they got through it
4: anyway you' uh, you're, you're, you're funny in what you think that that, that was funny <laughs>
3: um how about this this was an unbelievable triple double last night Victor Wembanyama, 27 14 and 10 the 10 was not assists the 10 was blocks 27, 14, 10, and five assists, by the way. Cool. He's just... he is amazing. He is like stretch armstrong, man. He is like this just walking tree. He doesn't even have to jump to block shots. He just, yeah. I mean, it's incredible what this guy can do. The reach. You ever seen
4: the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. He's like, he's like that, that like that, that uh that species of trees that is walk around. Yes. You know what I mean? He's like that. Um, but yeah, he's a I watched talent. Like, four
3: different guys try to pump fake him, try to go under him, and it's like he's just like whoo, whoo. He had one play; I think he blocked three on 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 one sequence. It, it was amazing.
4: That's the same man. I mean, look, the dude is a is definitely a talent. Um, my only concern comes in, you know, with the long, you know, the, you know, the longevity of the career. Obviously, you know, with the you know, when you're that tall, your knees don't typically last you uh twenty years like a LeBron yeah. James. So. Um, I think with a guy like that, you're probably going to get at least maybe 10, at least 10 years with him, you know, being at an, you know, all star level. Right. And then uh, at that point, you're probably going to have to start to really think about, you know, where you go from there. But look, you maximize those 10 years. That's why, you know, he, he, he's, he's a stellar talent, but it needs to start translating into wins, you know.
3: Yeah, in I mean, look, that's going to take a minute because they're of course,
4: of course, of course, of course.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. he's uh, he makes the Spurs worth watching.
4: Yes,
7: I agree. There's I no agree.
3: chance he- I would even put a, put that on for a second <laughs> with the Spurs unless they're playing the Sixers. But no with him, I'll, I'll watch. You know, there are certain guys like I'll I'll, put, I'll watch this game if this guy's playing. He's he is in that category. For yeah, me. in any sport, you know, really, but he is definitely one of them for, for sure. sure. All right. All right, Eagles question for you. What concerns you more about 2024 coaching or personnel?
4: Oh, man. You know, when you brought that up in the pre show meeting, I said to myself, damn, Rob, it's kind of tough. You know, you can kind of make a case for both, but yeah. I'm more concerned about the coaching side of things. Okay. Because this is something we haven't seen before in terms of, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Nick Sirianni, what impact does he really have on the game plan when he's, you know, when, when he comes to the podium each and every Sunday or in press conferences, how much stock can we put into what he's saying? And then what impact will Kellen Moore have on Jalen Hurts and the rest of his offense? Um, Vic Fangio, how much can he hide the deficiencies of the defense? Um, and again, we're basing that off of whatever roster they do, whatever roster they put out there in week one. Um, they're, they're going to have limitations still. They're not going You're not going to be able to cover everything. But. Can can Vic Fangio find a way to maximize whatever that roster is? It's so many questions about the coaching staff. You know, I I think that's the side I fall on. Again, you can make a case for both, but I think I'm more on the coaching side. What about you?
3: Uh, I'm a hundred percent, a hundred percent firmly on the coaching side of this thing, for for three reasons. First of all, I'll get to Sirianni last, but he's first. I I I like the hiring of both coordinators. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think Vic Fangio has got a really tough job in front of him uh, because there's just going to be so many moving parts and new, new players on that side of the ball, which leads you to believe I, you know, I don't know what the defense is going to look like, even if it isn't necessarily Fangio's fault. Um, you know, the offensive side with Kellen Moore is an interesting one was last year, just a total one-off because the chargers became a mess and Herbert got hurt. And they chargers will be always be chargers. Like is, is that not representative of who he is? Or is he trending in the wrong direction? Uh he is a guy who will get away from the run game, which we always you know talking about can be an issue. He hasn't mm-hmm. really coached Hertz kind of players. He's had more pocket guys with Dak and Herbert. Mm-hmm. Questions there. But the, the the big one to me is Nick. What nobody can explain. No one has given a decent explanation. Players have given you a little insights on things, but nobody has explained the collapse losing seven of eight.
4: Yeah, no, no one has really given you anything tangible to really say, okay, all right. You know, they it's just been a lot of window dressing, a lot of um hey, but you know, he did this in the past, you know, so he it's just been a lot of a lot of politicking. So yeah, we've never really get get gotten any real concrete details on what went wrong, and most likely we never will. But I think right. we all know what went wrong. But people are afraid to say it, or they don't want to say it, or they have other motivations that prevent them from saying it. But he lost that team. Yeah, it's just, it's as simple as that. He lost that team, and I and I don't get why people are so afraid to say it.
3: Well, but that's it is the thing. It is. you know not only how did it start, how did it not get stopped at any point? And how were you, as as such a leader of men, which we believe that you were, and a tone setter and a and a culture setter, not able to get these guys back on on track? And how also did your team in a playoff game not give maximum effort? Not everybody. We know there were some guys that did, but for them, there were a lot of guys who didn't. How did that happen? And that to me is what I can't get past. I can buy. The CEO thing, get him away from call, uh, setting, you know, scheming up the offense. Let the guy who's doing it do it. Let Kellen Moore do it. Great. You want to be a CEO? You want to? You want to have your hands on different things? Great, fine. But what I saw last year scares the heck out of me with him as a as a coach going forward. To the point where I don't know that he knows why it happened. Mm. You know, do you, like, do you honestly think Nick knows how this thing got so out of control?
4: Uh, that's a good question. Do I think Nick knows? That's a very good question. No, because if he did, <laughs> he, he would. No, he doesn't. You want to know why? Because if he did know, he would know how to provide a solution. Yeah. And he doesn't know what went wrong. He doesn't. Why do you think they surrounded him with all these people who have more experience than him? Right? Um, yeah. Kellen, Moore has, Kellen Moore has more play calling experience than him, and he's younger, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic Fangio, obviously been in the league for a long time. Uh, Doug Newsmeyer, so much experience, um, uh, coaching quarterback, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, that's why I look at Nick Cerrani and I say to myself, how how can I look at you and in and look at how can I look at you with any validity? How can I look at you and say, okay, what you say goes? That's not the case at all. You're at this point, you're being, at in my humble opinion, you're clearly being babysat. Yep. This is this is what that is. You know, <laughs> feelings may get hurt when you when you say something like that. You know, you may ruffle feathers. It may prevent you from going to certain rooms. But the reality, is we saw it, your moves indicate a lack of trust in this man. Your moves indicate you have more trust in your process than you do the person. Otherwise, they wouldn't have fired those head coaches like that. They would have they, they would have chalked it up to hey, you know, growing pains, new coordinators, new new, new situation. But right. no. Because you have money tied up in Jalen Hurts, and you look at it as the clock the clock has started ticking, you're not giving any leeway. Remind you, that, that first year with Steichen and, and Gannon, they didn't have any experience. Right. Right? I That's think Gannon, I think uh, Steichen had one year of OC experience. Again, it had no DC experience. True. And you know, um, they got they were able to get two years out of it, right? Yes. Uh, Sean Desai and Brian uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson had no OC experience. Sean Desai had one year of DC experience. Yet... They off them instantly, and they had a better record than Steichen and Gannon in the first year. Mm -hmm. So they, the the Eagles, are looking at it from a time perspective, and they don't have time to waste playing around with, you know, with Nick Sirianni's deficiencies. But my thing is, if you already felt like he couldn't find the issues, hence why you brought all these people around him, why even keep him in the building at this point? Yeah, you, you, you've literally hamstrung him. You, you've neutered him. Like he, he, he he had it went from being my offense to the Eagles' offense. See
3: how quickly that changed? No, you're right. And that, well, and that's the thing too, like, and we're, we're both on the side of the coaching. It doesn't mean that you, we already went through this a little bit, but it doesn't mean you feel great about the personnel either, especially on the defensive side, you, right, you know, right. it, it's troubling. It's worrisome, especially not. There's a lot of ones. Un- Think about the uncertainty. We don't know if Reddick's going to be here. You know, if Fletcher Cox is coming back, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot here. Are they going to get rid of Bradbury? They're going to force mm-hmm. feed Bradbury because he's got the, the big contract we don't know any of these things. Are they going to take the same direction with, with linebacker, which makes me really concerned. So there's too many, there's a lot of, I don't knows on that side of the ball, but I feel like considering how he's track record, he's gotten things fixed pretty quickly in the past. So it leads me to believe that he can maybe make the defense serviceable enough and the offense excels. And then boom. I mean, that's, that's what that does for me, but I don't know. That Nick gets it back. That, that Nick can retrieve whatever happened. I don't know.
4: How do you expect his players to even look at him with any sort of um reverence, knowing he's not the one calling the shots anymore?
3: Here's how. Here, here's the path to that. He has the vets. He has the vets. Like if if Kelsey if Kelsey if
4: retires, if Kelsey, if you well, lose Fletcher Cox, uh, BG's lucky not going to be here. He's going to need let, Lane that...
3: Johnson. He's gonna need Brandon Graham if he's here.
4: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the going, the you know going, what? What bench does he have?
3: You're right. A lot of the a lot of his his real strong backers. He's gonna need some of the young guys. Like he's gonna need Devontae. I don't know. I don't know what AJ See? Brown. I don't know what, what you do with AJ Brown. But he's he's gonna need Devontae, like Dallas Goddard type. Look, remember AJ Brown went to bat for him. Yeah, he did. He did.
4: Uh, but again to your point to your exact point though those veterans we don't know if they're if they're going to be the only person that we know only person we know going to be here for like quite literally is lane johnson other than that everyone else is up in the air so other than that i mean he's dealing with a bunch of young veterans guys who's been in the league for maybe three four five years and i mean it's the, the eagles put have put him in a precarious position it's very, uh, there's, there's no other way to put it.
3: Yeah, it's a bad thing, man. I, I, as as I'm, as we're doing this, this as we're doing this exercise, I'm getting even more concerned because a lot of the, a lot of the old guard dudes who really had, now those guys could all come back and it's fine, you know, as far as that yeah. goes. But yeah, the old guard guys are, are the ones who have really been uh, vocal here. here but but the, here's the other thing we don't know. You notice the name we didn't bring up on either way, either side. Where do you think Jalen is with Nick?
4: You know that was a point of that was a point of contention throughout, um, especially after that playoff game when um, he didn't really jump out the window, you know, endorsing Nick. He kind of just said, "Hey, I support everybody." Right. You know, that was a very politically correct answer, um, which tells me he's not he's not hot on him. He's not cold on him either. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's very you know. He's 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 very whimsical about Nick Sirianni right now. It is. Was it is. this
3: just Jalen being Jalen, or was he, was that him not and sacking him,
4: and that's the crux. That's what makes Jalen Hurts a very interesting case study because he doesn't give you anything.
5: Yeah, And ever.
4: when what he said was very on brand. So, it, it, and listen, Jalen Hurts is the way he is by design. You know what I'm saying? He makes he makes sure that you you can't definitively figure out what his motives are, how he, how he feels about anything. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? At times it can be cool, smooth. Mm-hmm. At times it can be seen as a bit cheeky. So, uh, if you had to ask me where Jalen Hurts is on Xerion, if I had to give you a definitive answer, if I had to say he's hot or cold on him, I would, I would have to lean more towards cold. Man.
3: I don't.
4: Uh, and again, that's just me. That's yeah. not, you know, that's that, that's not a guarantee. That's just no, yeah. me it's,
3: assuming. It's just your read on it. Um, yeah. What we don't know about Jalen is, was he pissed that Brian Johnson got got shown the door? Did that's he a, know down deep question. the right thing too? And, and then I think that plays into Nick a little bit.
4: Now remember, Nick always kept saying all year, it's not Brian's fault. It's not Brian's fault. So when you keep putting it out there, and then he and, and then Nick ends up firing. Well, Howie ends up firing him, but Nick has to pull the trigger. When you you know when you when you when that happens, knowing that you kept jumping out the window saying it's not his fault, you leave people you leave too much room for your players to say, "Well, damn, do you have any control?" Mm. And they even say, "Okay, if you said if, if it wasn't his fault, then you know what the hell's going on." Remind you, people can say what they want about Brian Johnson. I've said a lot about Brian Johnson, I, you know, but. The fact of the matter is, he's been here throughout Jalen Hurts' rise. Yep. and he's been, he's worked closely with him. Yeah, he also was here for the regression. But yes. Alex Taney, the quarterback coach, was you know again the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. So how hands on was how hands on was Brian Johnson this go around with Jalen Hurts' technique and fundamentals this this go around. I agree. Um, and or hey,
3: we can't have this. You got to tighten this up. You know, get into him. Was he willing to get into him?
4: right right so it's um this we will never know um but if i had to if i had to guess i don't think he was too happy with brian leaving but i also think he looks at it as 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 a necessary evil it's business Um, it's business it's business and he he stays in his lane but again it it reverts back to how he sees Nick seriani right you fired him and we know you didn't make that call and you kept claiming this is your offense so it's, it it just doesn't look good. It's just it, it's just a big ball of, yeah. um. Of confusion.
3: They're a <laughs> nice, uh. They're a hard team, to predict, right now. They really are. If if we're being honest, it's it's almost impossible because we don't know. We know very little about what the defense is going to look like from a mm-hmm. player standpoint. And then the offensive side of the ball. If you correct Jalen, yes. Things change really fast, but if you don't, and it and it looks like last year, where the offense isn't bad by any stretch, but it's not going to be able to overcome a defense that I don't think is going to be very good. You're going to be in that mix to you know either either just make or miss the playoffs. That's where you're going to be, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, if that's if these things aren't fixed. The thing is, though, I I truly believe jalen's going to go in with a great this whole off season for him is going to be a great attitude uh a want to get better not a still moaning and and pissing about last year like i don't see him being that guy
4: either. yeah he seems he seems like the kind of guy that that flushes things yeah and it moves forward again that you know that's an assumption on our part but i think so much of this team success this this coming season hinges on Jalen hurts getting it right you know we could talk about the defense you know taking care of their business and obviously they have a lot to do but Jalen Hurst has to come back better. Yeah, he has to come back better. Has to come back more polished. Um, has to come back playing his brand of football. Um, Kellen Moore has to maximize his skill set. And if and, and if they can do that, then the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be in every game they play.
3: hmm yeah, Without question, without question, they're going to be every in every single game they play. Keep in mind too, a little bit easier of a schedule. I can't imagine other than yeah. I'm saying this, and then they play in Brazil. But I can't imagine after Brazil that the schedule is going to be as challenging as it was last year in terms of travel. I can't imagine that because last year was just an anomaly of craziness. Yeah. yeah. So the schedule is going to be a little easier. I think the travel will be quite as bad. Um, you know, you the biggest thing too is man, how much Nick has nicked? Nick did Nick learn from last year with the way he went about things. Like you can only do so much with the CBA, but are you going to work these guys a little bit differently? Are you going to do things a little bit different? Is there and it isn't necessarily you got to go out there and hit every single day, but but you know what what is he going to do different to distinguish himself from last year to make this thing better?
4: That's a really good question. Hmm. That's a really good question because he approached the 2023 season i'm pretty sure almost the exact same way but if you notice in the off in the off season when they were in preparation we, there was a nick Sirianni was much more animated there were there were reports about him being more animated he was doing a lot more yelling um there was a there, there was a lack of attention to detail right um you know throughout training camp and otas and all that kind of stuff and we ignored it we kind of we we kind of we kind of chalked it up to Oh, you know, he's, you know, he's um, you know, uh, they came off that Super Bowl, they understand the stakes, the stakes are high, and we're looking at it like that, right? He's just drilling guys. But it turns out, no, there was a real issue when it came to attention to detail. There was a real issue with engagement. Um, and it translated to the it translated to the regular season. Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know what he can do differently. Because again, when your team knows that you're not the one calling the shots, uh, like, it can it can influence how
3: you lead. And how your leadership is perceived yeah that's the other tough part is with the player's psyche and and the, the way they view him you had no reason to doubt him going into last season the guy took you to a super bowl you they were two and five his first year they end up going nine and eight you, you had every reason to be uber confident your coach now there's a there's a there's a shadow of doubt yeah, mm-hmm. there's a little chink in the armor. There's a and little, and that's the problem. The fact that concern. there's even a
4: shadow of doubt. The fact that there's even a chink in the armor. That that's that's the issue. If you have a good head coach, there's none of that. Yeah. Regardless, regardless of outcome, Mike Tomlin yeah. has been through many ups and downs with the, with the Steelers over the past several years. You know, granted, always had an over 500 record, but not once have you seen a chink in the armor. Not once have you ever questioned his ability to do his job. This is where we are with Nick Sirianni in year in year entering year four. Bro, bro, these bro, 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 are these bro, are all the
3: things, Tone, you better have been right about if you're Howie because this is all the things that you had to consider when you were bringing him back mm-hmm. is whether or not he has lost the room. Losing the room is a big deal. Big now, deal. They may know and, something and, we don't know. But they didn't make it easy
4: for him to get it back if he did lose it. Let's say he did lose it. They didn't make yeah. it easy for him to get it back.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing is for him, he's got to pick and choose – what, how how demonstrative and how much he's using that voice. In other words, uh-huh. he, part of him has to step back and let Kellen Moore run the show offensively. That's got to be a little hard for him as, as an offensive coach. You know, Vic Fangio is a guy who demands, I think, respect and demands a, a certain degree of autonomy and power. So he can't be too, you know, hands-on with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like all, the, all these things are kind of like tricky little dances that he's going to have to do here with the squad. Yeah, now absolutely. other guys have done it very successfully. Mike Tomlin, you know, when you brought him up, is is a great example of it. But here's the thing,
4: though: like they were never stripped down to their knickers, like, like, <laughs> like, like Nick Sirianni has. This is a very different situation, in my opinion. You uh-huh. know, I just don't. I don't even think of Nick Sirianni and Mike Tomlin being in the same stratosphere. Yeah. Um, in terms of just pedigree and respect and how they how they conduct themselves, and it's just. Like Nick Sirianni at times can be a goof. And and now is not the now is not the year for now's not the time for that. He's under tremendous pressure. And um look, do I want the best for everybody in this situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm a supporter of the team. I'm 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 filling to the end. So I I want this thing to work out, but this just looks like an accident waiting to happen with the way this thing is structured in
3: Nick Sirianni's situation. You know how we're going to have a little bit of a tell, even if the players and the coaches aren't talking about this kind of stuff? Fill me in. How Sirianni behaves on the sidelines. Mm. Are we going to see the, the you know, maniac sort of routine where he's jawing with fans and all that? Or
4: are we going to see a very measured neuter yeah. Nick Sirianni?
3: And if he is, can, can, like, can you succeed being that guy where you're not yourself? You, you know, where you're it... not emotional at all? At that press conference, he didn't look like himself. No, he looked. They he both looked, looked like somebody to- stole their puppies. I mean, there's just they were just, you
4: it, know. It was it, it was like a wake.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was. So that's the other part of this thing. So that's um, there's a lot to look at here, man. There is a, it's gonna be a fascinating off season, and we are just you know, really just starting to enter it. That's for sure. Um, all right, so tonight, uh, no flyers, no Sixers. Sixers, I believe, are back at it tomorrow with the Heat. Flyers are back at it on Thursday. Um, I got a couple calls into some folks for tomorrow uh, from an Eagles perspective. So we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. I think uh, I think we'll be talking to some people about that. And I'm waiting to hear back. But so okay. we'll certainly dive in more uh, to the Eagles Phillies. Uh, they will e- officially be working out the pitchers tomorrow uh, in Clearwater. So we'll keep you posted on anything that's going on there. And, you know, if there's any further developments in the uh, in the Hassan Reddick stuff, we'll pass it along, but that was fascinating where he said, look, I didn't ask for a trade. It feels a lot like there were conversations and the Eagles weren't thrilled with where it was going. And they said, look, if you want to go talk to other people, you can, you have our permission. Not a a, a request from Hassan, but the Eagles preemptively granting it. So we'll dive further into that uh, as well. All right, I want to thank everybody streaming, everybody listening, everybody in the chat. Don't go anywhere. Tone has got you coming up for the National Football Show uh with Dan Cilio. So don't go anywhere. Everybody, have a great rest of your day. If you're in my area, have fun digging out and be safe out there on the roads, people. Uh, I'll be out and about in a little bit. So everybody be careful. and Be safe, Rob. To- be Thank safe. you, my friend. I'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate it.